What is up, wrestling fans? It's that time of the week for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling and call it right down the middle. That's right, it's time for this week's edition of 607 Podcast presents The Wrestling Show, better known as 607TWS. Of course, we are back in the ODPDH dungeon, the realest thing in pro wrestling podcasting. And um, I'm your host, and I'm also the host of the 3FN podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me in the co-pilot's chair, as he does each and every week. But you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? That's right. Of course, get that uh, Floodlands in the background there. Love hearing that. It's it's always a good way to start. It's, it's a very amped up, pumped up song, and we're pleased to have it as our long time. 607 TWS intro song. Of course, we'll talk about where you can find Floodlands more in a minute. Uh, the week has been a busy one in pro wrestling, <laughs> and we got an even busier week coming up next week, and this is going to be a big show for you guys. There is, we mentioned it last week, there is four wrestling shows from three major companies. Yeah. On Friday night, mm-hmm. we have uh, Impact Wrestling under siege. Correct. Technically, if you count the Indie Roundup, the one Indie Roundup we're doing this week, GCW has a show called Lifestyle. That is coming up on that same Friday night. Saturday is, of course, in the afternoon, is the gigantic show from beautiful, progressive Jedi Saudi Arabia. And that, of course, is WWE Night of Champions. And then Sunday, 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 there's two shows going down at the same exact time. One over on the Peacock, Cock, Cock, the Peacock. And that, of course, is NXT. And then the other one is All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing, the official four full four-year mark. We're going to be going into year five. Technically, that happens this week, I do believe, on the 24th. 24th or 25th is technically the four-year anniversary because that was the first ever Double or Nothing. Yes. Double or Nothing preceded AEW television. Correct. So now we're going into the four full complete years, but we'll celebrate it this upcoming Sunday at the actual event coming up to you very, very soon. So we got a big show. We got a big show to talk about. Uh, in the main event portion of the show, we will be talking about all the Double or Nothing, Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing, I should say. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the show, we will be in the mid-card, second round. We'll be talking about DWWE's Night of Champions and then the opening contest. We're going to hit you with the indie. We're going to hit you first with New Japan Pro Wrestling because we're going to talk about where the standings are for the best of the Super Juniors. And then we're going to hit you with the indie roundup, the few shows that we can cover this week. We're going to get to a show note in a second. And then, of course, we're going to be talking uh, Impact Wrestling's Under Siege. And NXT show, because they're the two smaller shows, if you will. Less mm-hmm. less matches, less to dive into. You know, basically. So we're going to do that in the opening contest. Warning about the Indie Roundup this week. It will only be the House of Glory show, the GCW's The Way I Am show, and AIW's Gauntlet for the Gold 16. Because we are recording on a Sunday, hence you guys are getting it Sunday night. We are recording on a Sunday, and while we are recording currently, uh, Glory Pro Live is live with uh, Go For Broke, Mm -hmm. and GCW's uh, show is uh, going on right now as well, and the NJPW Resurgence show from beautiful, lovely Long Beach, California is going down as well right now. So we can't give you those notes. We'll give them to you next week when we add them on. So uh, so in, in the meantime... Make sure you're checking all that great action out. We'll get to that in a minute. 
Before we dive into the show and get into a more somber moment in a second, Ken M, tell the fine folks how to find yourself in the ODPH podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Join in the conversation on social media accounts. They're all right there on the front page. It's easy to follow, subscribe, and interact. Also, check out the T Public Store link, the Patreon link, one tier, $2 a month, and a lot of content on the way. The blog section, the classified section, which has friends of the show, such as 3FN Podcast, Dragon Master Games, and so many more. The directory, the music section. Basically, if it's anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. And, of course, if you'd like to find myself and the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Go on over to 3FNpodcast.com. There you can get the social media links, uh, T Public link, links to... Uh, uh, patreon.com slash 3FN podcast for as little as $1 a month. You get a ton of extra bonus content. Something big is cooking right now. I got to give some catching up as the fans over there know. However, I got a I got a big cool uh, idea that's coming and it's going to be brought into fruition for the, the fans over there. So you might want to check it out. On top of all of that, you can find friends of the show like the ODPH. You can find uh, spots for the show for 607TWS and the 3FN podcast and where to find those wonderful podcasts anywhere you get great podcasts. Of course, if you're hearing us, it's on your favorite podcast provider which we're on most of those anyways and then of course there is the musical guest we already mentioned floodlands mm-hmm. who allow us to use their song ruins but at the end of the song you hear our good friend second suitor and their song one winged angel that's how we go home every single week check out those great bands and more over in you know the 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 place where they live there the musical directory and check them out on spotify youtube music and Bandcamp, and last but certainly not least, check out the sponsorship uh, area. Those are the people who bring you this show commercial free each and every week. Shout outs to our friends over at Sci Fi Horror Fest. Shout outs to our friends at W Energy. Shout outs to our friends at Rex Rods. And most importantly, shout out to Dragon Master Games, who is the main sponsor of everything we do. And of course, for all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. Well, Ken. I promise somber news, unfortunately. Yep. And we do have some, uh, of course, last week, remember, we said to keep your T's and P's with the legendary superstar Billy Graham. Unfortunately, superstar Billy Graham uh, did not kick out a two, and uh, he passed away this past week. So uh, condolences go out to his uh, family, friends, and fans all over the world. Uh, Count us amongst them. Once again, we said last week the importance of superstar Billy Graham. If you don't know, there would be no wrestling as the way we know it without superstar Billy Graham. The tribal chief would not be the tribal chief. The Rock wouldn't have been the Rock. John Cena wouldn't have been John Cena. Hulk Hogan wouldn't have been Hulk Hogan. Stone Cold. Because the larger-than-life celebrity that was superstar Billy Graham is what led the face. You know, he got it kind of from the Gorgeous George era. And then, you know, he just kind of, you know, exemplified it a little more. And that brought us into the new age and Hulk Hogan. Because without Superstar, there's no Hogan without Hogan. There's none of those other guys. And that's just facts. So Superstar Billy Graham deserves a hell of a credit. Had some of the greatest matches of all time. Of course, most famously, he is the man who almost lost the belt to Dusty Rhodes in Madison Square Garden. And uh, the dusty finish was brought to (laughs) Madison Square Garden as they reversed it to a thunderous booze. Because everybody thought that Dusty had won the title. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, he was the guy who ended Bruno San Martino's record like eight-year run as the WWWF champion. That's why I threw an extra W in there because there was. It was Worldwide Wrestling Federation originally back when Vince Sr. owned it. And uh, he's the man who ended Bruno San Martino's run and kind of the transitional guy to get it to Bob Backlund. Of course, Bob Backlund would lose it to the Iron Sheik, and Iron Sheik would lose it to Hulk Hogan, starting Hulkamania and then carrying into what we know as pro wrestling today. So... His importance in the history of wrestling is sometimes forgotten, 
but it's well-deserved. Uh, any thoughts on superstar Billy Graham? When you think about legends in this business and the impact that they've made, superstar Billy Graham has to be near the top of the list, if not at the top of the list. What he did for the business has inspired and continues to inspire to this day. And you take a look at the influences that he's had on the Hulk Hogan's, on the Rocks, the John Cena's, just bringing the larger-than-life charisma to the masses and showing how it can connect with an audience and take pro wrestling as an art to a different level. He is the architect for that, in my opinion. And I think that what he did for the business is never going to be forgotten. He's a legend. And obviously, to echo Rich's statements, our our deepest condolences to his uh, family, friends, and fans all over the world. Well, with that, we're going to give uh, superstar Billy Graham a moment of silence before we continue on. It's always hard to start on a somber note. Yeah. It always is because then you have to bring it back. Yeah. But unfortunately, you know, this is something that is very important. Yeah. And so, therefore, it had to be done. But trust me, superstar Billy Graham would want the show to go on just like he wanted pro wrestling to go Mm -hmm. on because he was a big supporter of it. I did get to meet Billy Graham once at a show. He did not work with him because by this time he was no longer doing in-ring work, but he was signing and he was a wonderful man when I got to meet him and chat with him for a little bit. So, I know he would like the show to go on. So, without further ado... Check your watch, Ken M, because I believe that you're going to be getting talked to by Bruce Buffer very shortly. It's time! That's right, it is time to kick off this week's edition of 607TWS, and we're going to start somewhere where we normally don't start, Ken M, because we're going to start right off with... New Japan Pro Wrestling because the uh, Battle of the Super Juniors 2023 is currently going down at New Japan Pro Wrestling and it's coming into its almost end phase of this week as well. But let's go into the standings, shall we, to find out where we are going into the end of the round robin. Absolutely. So in A block, in in last place in A block is sadly due to injury. Taguchi got injured early on, so therefore he was not participating. So he got everybody got automatic points from Taguchi being out. So technically, last place, but he's not because he never wrestled. I just want to say uh, get well soon to Taguchi, true legend in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up in fifth place, and I couldn't believe this in A block, Kushida, four points. Surprising. And uh, there's a tie for, of two people in fourth place in A block. Doki and Sho both have six points. In third place, sole possession of third place with eight points is TJP. In second place, there is a two-way tie, with both with 10 points, Titan and Taji Ishimori. And in the first place spot in block A, 12 points, three-way tie, Leo Rush, your IWGP junior heavyweight champion, Haramu Takahashi, and last but not least, and a fan favorite of us, Speedball Mike Bailey, all tied for first place in A block with 12 points each. You know, I love seeing Speedball at the top there. Kushida is probably the biggest upset for me. Like, I just can't believe he's down that far. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, I'm not surprised that Hamaru is in the top of this because, let's be honest, one of the best junior heavyweights in the world. Yeah, he makes the, perfect sense He's the reigning IWGP yeah. junior heavyweight champion. I do believe he's held that belt on four occasions now. Uh, Kushida, though, has also held the belt on multiple occasions. I'm kind of surprised. Let's go over to B Block. Uh, B Block in sixth place with sole possession of sixth place with two points, Bushi. Hmm. In fifth place, in sole possession of fifth place with four points, Kanamura. 
In fourth place, there's a tie, both with six points, Kevin Knight and Dan Maloney. Oh, okay. So Kevin Knight's actually impressing in his first best of Super Juniors. In, thir- in third place, there's also a two-way tie, both with eight points, Francisco Akira and Clark Connors. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know how happy uh, the the Bullet Club could be. Yeah, because I figured he'd be somewhere near the like real top and defiantly at the top. In sole possession of second place in Block B with ten points, Robbie Eagles, and there is a three-way tie also here for the lead in B Block, all with twelve points. El Desperado, Yo, and Master Watto. Let's go, Desperado. I mean, I'm a big Desperado guy. I, I'm hoping he, he takes it home. So we're going to be coming into the finals upcoming here because there's only two more. As we record, there's only two more days of the actual round robin. That would be May 23rd and May 24th, respectively. And then the final two days will be Friday, May 26th and Sunday, May 28th. And here's how the finals work for those of you who don't know. So after the round robin, on Friday, May 26th, we will end up in the pre, the you know, the last events. Mm-hmm. So there'll be two semifinal ma- semifinal matches, both with no time limit. The participants in these matches will be the first place of A block will take on second place of B block, and the first place of B block will take take go against the second place of A block, mm-hmm. and then. The winner of those two respective matches will go on on that Sunday, the 28th, in the finals of the Best of Super Juniors. Makes sense to me. Also, like I said before, Resurgence is going down right now as we're recording from Long Beach, California. So we'll be bringing you all those updates. Uh, The house was looking uh, kind of full because Mercedes Moni is in the tournament match for the vacant championship. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, you got anything you want to add about New Japan before we move along, Kenny? No, it's, it's always an exciting time of year with the Super Jays. I and like I say, I'm still holding out. Hope Connors pulls it off. Absolutely. So now let's move right on over to the Indie Roundup. The Indie Roundup, of course, is always brought to you by Fight.tv. Uh, more more specifically, Fight Plus for $7.99 a month. You get some great pro wrestling uh, entertainment. Also, on top of that, you get bare knuckle fighting, rugby, soccer, uh, <laughs> different kinds of MMA things. There's all sorts of great stuff on Fight Plus. But of course, we just talked to pro wrestling. And it's $7.99 when you're getting companies like Game Changer Wrestling, Pro Wrestling Revolver, uh, Black Label Pro, Glory Pro Wrestling, House of Glory Wrestling. Now, uh, ICW's got their stuff on there. Oh. And so does an IWC. They're, they're adding even more. And of course, they're also adding a lot of those archives to it as well. For $7.99 a month, you cannot beat those prices. Ken M., how do you feel about Fight Plus? The best deal in all of combat sports and independent pro wrestling. I mean, seriously, you take a look at the roster that they have for pro wrestling alone, and that should be enough to sell you on. But then you factor in everything that comes with it from the land of combat sports. So boxing, bare knuckle fighting, more MMA, the list goes on and on. And then plus, they also have the way to use credits for actual pay-per-views. So it's nothing but win-win over there. Absolutely, of course. Thank you once again to Fight Plus, $7.99 a month. We're not just clients. We're not just the presidents. We're also clients. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, let's talk about the three shows we're going to talk about. Once again, reminder, we cannot talk about uh, the two other shows that are going down currently, Glory Pro Live, and there's also a GCW show. And we're also going to preview next week's GCW event, what we know of it right now. Mm -hmm. So let's start off, though, by reviewing some of the shows that went down. We're going to maybe run through. Of course, we're starting on Friday, Friday, Friday. That was the 19th of May from New York. New York, more, more more specifically the NYC Arena in Brooklyn, New York. We got House of Glory as they presented Beware the Fury. In a singles match opening contest, uh, Nolo Katano defeated Jody Ora 10 minutes and one second. Next up, uh, Blackman uh, with 
Kiki Von Go and Michael Fane defeated Evander James in seven minutes and seven seconds. In a tag match, which is, this was a great tag match, by the way, this weekend, Cashflow Inc., Encore, and Ken Broadway defeated the Brick City Boys, Julio Cruz, and Victor Chase in 6 minutes and 14 seconds. For the HOG Crown Jew title, your champion, who has been champion now for 400-plus days, the root of all evil, Charles Mason, uh, took on Jake something at the end of the day, 18 minutes and 46 seconds, and by hook or by crook, and still your House of Glory crown jewel champion, the root of all evil, Charles Mason. Proving once again, evil never dies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next up, there was the House of Glory cruiserweight title gauntlet match. In this match, it featured your champion, Mighty Monte, also ch- being challenged by the uh, Price City OG, Alec Price, Ben Rutten, Ichiban, Nolo Katano made his way into this match. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Raheem Royale and Joey Silver. This match got 14 minutes and 55 seconds. And by the way, this was an elimination style match. At the end of the day, defeating no Nolo Katano finally defeated Mighty Monte in this match. Eliminated Monty, Mighty Monte. Really? To only be eliminated by Joey Silver, oh. who is your new House of Glory Cruiserweight Champion. Interesting. Next up, the uh, House of Glory women's title was on the grind uh, on the line. Sorry, Ultra Violette taking on the visiting Miyu Yamasha. Ten minutes and forty six seconds at the end of the day, and still your House of Glory women's champion, the Ultra Violette. Next up in a tag team action, action the main event, Jay Lyon and Midas Black defeated the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban in 18 minutes and five seconds. Wow, huge victory! Big there. win for them. And in the main event of the evening. For the House of Glory Heavyweight Championship, your champion Jacob Fatu went one-on-one, well, was listed as going one-on-one with always ready Matt Cardona. But it is anytime. You know stuff. The lander's there. Mm-hmm. You know all sorts of shit's going to happen. And at the end of the day, uh, this match got 15 minutes and 45 seconds. And your new House of Glory Heavyweight Champion, Matt Cardona, adding more gold to his roster man he finds ways to do it absolutely and uh that's not the only time we're going to talk about matt cardona because he was in action all weekend and we're going to pick it right back up on saturday the 20th of may aiw absolute intense wrestling was coming to you from the four sports uh, complex at east lake ohio for aiw's gauntlet for the gold 16 uh, they've opened up with a dark match. The dark match was between uh, where Austin James defeated Vic Vice. A couple young kids coming out of the school. Very good. Very talented. Both of them would end up being in the gauntlet later in the night. Okay. Uh, the opening contest for the actual live event for Fight was for the AIW Tag Team Championships. Your champions, Money Shot, Elijah Dean, and Zach Nystrom taking on members only, Calvin G. Lewis and Malcolm Cambridge. Of course, members only having the home field advantage. At the end of the day, though, Money Shot is still your AIW Tag Team Champions. Really? In a match that was lived up to everything we said it was going to be, Dominic Guarini defeated Kaplan. I just want to point out they used storage bins. I heard match. about this. And, uh, yeah, you got to see this to believe it. Yeah. Talk about a battle of, high, of just high octane. In the spin the wheel make the deal match, which kind of fell apart a little bit, we ended up with a casket match where our good friend, a member of the Rip City Shooters, Baby Sid, if you will. Big JB Joshua Bishop defeated Filthy Tom Lawler. I'm hearing for a best of seven series, mate. Not always with the spin the wheel make the deal, but I'm hearing best of seven series. They're one and one currently. I'd be all right with that. Next up, in a singles match, Joslyn Navarro defeated Miyu Yamasha, who was making her AAW debut. Good job for Joslyn Navarro getting back in the swing things with a huge victory for her. Yeah, I heard really good things about this match. 
The, the AIW Intense title was on the line as your champion Derek Dillinger with Ziggy Hayman in his corner took on Shaw Mason coming out of the school. At the end of the day, Derek Dillinger was just too much for Shaw Mason. Of course, Shaw Mason pinned his at the Cybernetico, pinned his shoulders to the mat. First man to do that in almost two years, but he couldn't get it done when the belt was on the line. Wow. Next up, the AIW Absolute Championship was on the line as the winner of the Cybernetico, Hardway Holloway, took on your absolute champion, always ready, Matt Cardona. He had Bill Alfonso and Steph DeLander in his corner. And I'm going to tell you what, Ken M, I know you didn't get the chance to see this yet, and you got to go back and watch it. Mm -hmm. This match opened hot. It looked like Hardway Holloway was going to get the squash victory in under a minute. Really? Before Bill Alfonso pulled the referee out of the ring. Oh. This match would go longer, and it took not just Zach Card- or not just Matt Cardone. I always call him Zach Ryder yeah. again because that's how much he pisses me off when this happens because we're big Hardway Holloway fans. Mm-hmm. It didn't just take Matt Cardona. It didn't just take Steph DeLander. It didn't just take Bill Alfonso, but also PME to finally defeat Hardway Holloway. And so still your AIW absolute champion. Matt Cardona. Oh, that would have been one hell of an upset. It would have, but it took five people to beat Hardway Holloway. The rookie still going and doing his thing. And that's going to lead us to the gauntlet for the gold. I'm not going to go through all 30 participants, but it was a good gauntlet. If you're an AIW fan, there's a lot of uh, names from the past that came through. And then we got to the end of the gauntlet. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end of the gauntlet, you know, we're thinning out. We got a lot of people in there. And earlier in the night, we knew that, you know, Matt Cardona was going to have his people in. Number 26 entrant would be Marino Tagnelli, a PME. Hmm. Number 27 would be Philly Collins, a PME. Oh, boy. Number 28 would be Steph DeLander. And number 29 was Bill Alfonso. Oh, stacking the deck. He stacked the deck at the end, but he didn't stack the 30th slot. And in number 30, surprising the independent wrestling world, the return of Isaiah Bronner. Oh, sh- Remember Isaiah Bronner hurt his, yeah. uh, his, his calf? Yeah, he had a leg injury. Ligaments in his calf. Yeah. He's back already, baby. Holy smokes. And not only is he back, he ended up winning the whole damn thing. So at Absolution in July, the big event, it will be Matt Cardona versus Isaiah Bronner. And I want to point out, Isaiah Bronner cleared out every member of Cardona's faction is going to be interesting coming into July. I got a feeling it's going to be end new. I hope so. Yeah. He can finally break Cardona. Now let's go on to the other match, uh, the other event that went down on Saturday night, uh, May the 20th. And that, of course, was from our good friends over at Game Changer Wrestling. They were coming to you from Detroit, Michigan at the legendary Harpo's Theater. Game Changer Wrestling presents The Way I Am. Opening contest was uh, they had to do a little bit of shuffling Mm -hmm. because some flight issues. Right. So the opening contest, the bad boy Joey Janela defeated Karam. 12 minutes and 57 seconds. Great match to Great kick match. Off. And I do, I do believe this is either Karam's first or second time in GCW. I think it's his second. And he's from Detroit. He's a mm-hmm. Midwest guy. We see him a lot in Glory Pro. Right. We're, as a matter of fact, as we're talking, he's in the main event of the Glory Pro live show, Go For Broke, as he is getting a shot at Kamaro Jackson and the uh, championship down there in Glory mm-hmm. Pro. So, you know, good luck to him. Uh, next up, in a singles match, Briar Wellington defeated Charles Mason by DQ in 3 minutes and 55 seconds. You know, Mason came out, talked a lot of shit. Briar Wellington came out. You know, he's a legend in the in the Detroit area. He gets the win by DQ because Perro got involved, and then they just proceeded to destroy Briar Wellington until Joey Janela ran off Charles Mason and Perro and company. Hmm. So it looks like we might, uh, that, that little rivalry, that mini rivalry we had with Charles Mason and the bad boy, I don't think it's over. I don't think it's over, but you know what? I'm all right with that. 
Next up for the G Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Championships, it was a three-way dance. Your champions, the East-West Express, Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne, taking on former champions Los Maciso, Ciclope and Miedo Extremo, and the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, who are also former champions. This match got 13 minutes and 35 seconds, and this was action nonstop. Mm -hmm. This is what tag team wrestling should be all the time, especially in a three-way match at the end of the day. And still, your Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Champions, the East West Express. Love this match. And you're right. This is what tag team wrestling should be. Next up, we had the first of three fucking death matches. I guess they are still doing them hmm. there, huh, for those people hmm. uh, complaining uh, on the internet. As the Southern Psychopath, Matt's Warner defeated Tommy Vendetta 16 minutes and six seconds. And boy, were these two men bleeding. Oh, brutal. This was absolutely brutal. Next up, another death match following right before intermission where the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch, defeated the uh, Crazy King. Uh, nine, nine minutes and 54 seconds. Let's just say John Wayne Murdoch won this match with a gusset plate stuck in his forehead. Yeah. <laughs> this match got out of control really quick, and I I need to see this ran back. To be I honest. need to see more Crazy King. Yeah. Uh, after the intermission, we came back with the uh, scramble match, but it was a five-way scramble because, like I said, we had to move some things around because of flight issues. So in this five-way scramble, the king of Wreck Ship Mountain, Cole Raderick, wins as he defeated the East Coast Beast, Alec Price, August Matthews, and Davy Bing. So both the Bing brothers were in this match. And Caleb Conley making an appearance out yeah, in Yeah, that was a surprise. So uh, the obsession, Caleb Conley, uh, making more towns for Game Changer Wrestling. Always a good thing. Next up, we had a match that a lot of us were waiting for, but unfortunately, all heart Blake Christian defeats Daddy Effie, 18 minutes and 29 seconds. This was a great match, though. Very good match, yes. I agree. And, of course, Blake keeps reminding us by pointing to his wrist that he is due a title shot anytime he wants mm -hmm. because of his victory in uh, at uh, Joey Janela's spring break. Right. And that big scramble match for the number one, for a title shot, if you will. So, TikTok, if you will. Yeah, he's picking his spot. Smart man. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the title, next up we had the Game Changer Wrestling World Championship match. World Championship match, five way scramble match, and I, there's some first history here. Mm -hmm. Not only is this the first Game Changer Wrestling World Title match featuring five women, mm -hmm. including the champion, who is of course Masha Slamovich. Right. It also was featuring five women representing different countries. Because Mas so Masha Slamovich, your Game Changer Wrestling champion, mm -hmm. Russian. Mm -hmm. Then you have uh, Allison Kay, right. AK-47 from Detroit, Michigan, representing the U.S., if you will. Mm -hmm. Then you had Lufisto from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, right. representing Canada. Then you have Maki Ito, MDK or MD Maki, yeah. who had Nick Gage bring her to the ring. Love that. And give her her own decorated... Uh, pizza, pizza cutter, cutter, if you didn't notice. It had a nice little bow on it. It was done up. Yeah. Uh, she's obviously representing Japan. And then Shaza McKenzie representing Australia. Even though she now lives in the St. Louis area, she is Australian. Yeah. Now that you bring it up. Yeah. I didn't put that one-on-one -on -one together. You know who else did it? Brett Lauderdale. Because <laughs> somebody pointed it out to Brett Lauderdale online. He was like, you know what? I didn't even think about it, but that's awesome. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that we could bring not only, you know, we were just looking at the historic five women for the GCW title. Exactly. That's the only thing I, I, I focused on because I was so, I was super excited to see this match. By the way, this match got 12 minutes and 25 seconds, and it was everything we thought it was mm -hmm. going to be. It was tremendous. At the end of the day, Masha Slamovich is still your Game Changer Wrestling World's Champion. At the end of the match, Blake Christian comes on the stage at Harpo's. If you're not familiar, there's a stage adjacent to the ring and uh, points at his wrist. Telling Masha, one time soon, 
It's going to be the time I cash in. I got a feeling it's homecoming. It might be. I think he's going to pick a spot, though. Yeah, it's it's Money in the Bank-esque. He, yeah. he doesn't have to pick a match. He can choose. He could have chose after that match. Right. But I, I think he's going to win high profile with this one. By the way, craziest spot in that match, in my opinion, uh, was when Masha Slamovich cranked Maki Ito with a chair. Dude. Maki, Maki just stares her in the eyes, grabs the chair for her, and then proceeds to hit herself in the head 10 times with the same chair and then headbutts Masha Slamovich. Maki Ito is over, folks. Yes. Without a doubt. I love Maki Ito. Yes. Same uh, oh, here. By, by, by the way, everybody in that match was tremendous. Seeing Allison K out there getting her due. Lefisto, of course, first ballot, independent wrestling hall of famer. Mm-hmm. Shaza McKenzie got you know, she was like probably I don't want to say the least known, but she is out of the star stud like that's a star studded lineup. And that's for her a to be included, loaded lineup. She got she got the show as a fan something, and I think the fans, you know, might have not been cheering for her at first, but uh afterwards she's definitely in that conversation. I think everybody involved got over. Like oh, yeah. I think just for how good great that match was and like everybody got certain spots in there too like i say this was a great showcase and they put on a hell performance like this should have been the main this could have been the main event i know there's one more match but like in my eyes like this was the main event well there's a reason why it wasn't the main event because the main event was a fucking death match Mm -hmm. for the game changer wrestling ultra violent championship your champion rena yamasha taking on you're fucking with a different kind of boy jimmy 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 fucking lloyd this match got 12 minutes and 30 seconds, and it was brutal. Can we talk about Jimmy Lloyd's crimson mask? Oh. <laughs> and, oh. Uh, and we got to see the assault driver through a pane of glass onto Yo. the champion. We got to see all sorts of crazy shit at the end of the day. And still, your Game Changer Wrestling ultra-violent champion, Rina Yamasha. You want to talk a violent match? <sighs> they raised it up a couple notches here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this was out of control. Dude, let's be honest. And I got to say this. Nick Gage is the face of Game Changer Wrestling, even though he doesn't wrestle. Sure. He's the Hulk Hogan, if you will. Oh, yeah, Let's yeah. Let's go yeah. talk about back in the day. Yeah. You know, you're and you got a list of MVPs. You know, you got the young guys like Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver, mm-hmm. your tag champs, East West Express, but even in singles action. You've got, you know, the other guys that are your main event players, like your Blake Christians, your bad boys, Joey Janela. You know, there's there is no lack of 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 you know, star power on the roster. Tony Deppin, of course, is injured right now, but that doesn't mean he's not an all-star. Sure, Gringo, daddy. Gringo Loco, Effie, Alley Catch. We could go on and on and on about all the great talent that's there in, in that fluctuation. But you have to give it up. The franchise of Game Changer Wrestling, in my opinion, has always been Jimmy Lloyd. Jimmy Lloyd is the Tommy Dreamer, if you will. He is the Dolph Ziggler, if you will. Like, mm-hmm. if you need somebody to step up into a role, no matter what it is, you know if you put Jimmy in a match, he's going to bring it and he's going to deliver he's every the, time out. He's the king of the GCW scramble. Mm-hmm. He is, if you need to put him in a serious match for a Game Changer Wrestling World title or like a, a, a wrestling match with a guy like Blake Christian or a, or a Joey Janela or even, you know, like anybody, Jordan Oliver, you can put him in those matches. You can put him in tag team action. You see him do six man where he tags with Los Macisos. And of course you can put him in death matches. Yeah. Like, honestly, I don't think that Jimmy Lloyd gets his due. And I think Jimmy Lloyd should definitely get his due. I think amongst the hardcore fans of GCW, like we all give him his flowers, but I think for everybody that just tunes in, you don't realize about how vital he is to a GCW show. Yeah, I just I just wish that he got it a little more, but you know what? We're going to give him his flowers here, and he means a lot, a lot at the end of the day to Game Changer Wrestling. Oh, absolutely. And, and put on a hell of a performance with Rena. Mm-hmm. And she's amazing. Oh, she's a fantastic. By the way, TOS right around the corner in June. That lineup, I know we haven't talked about it, well, but... we're saving it. A couple weeks right, we'll be talking right, about it when it's happening, because, you know, it's not happening until the beginning of June. But there's a there's a good lineup there. Yo. By the way, bad boy Joey Janela making his return to TOS. Yeah. 
on top of that, Rena's in. The, the 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 Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch. We got some great Japanese talent outside of just Rena in. Mm-hmm. Segura's coming back. Great stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm in. This is going to be one. Both members of Los Macisos are in. Yeah. Like, this is going to be a great TOS. For those of you who are Deathmatch Wrestling fans, if you don't think that they're still bringing Deathmatch Wrestling and GCW, tune in to TOS this year. I guarantee you're going to see one hell of a Deathmatch lineup. Could be the best one yet. All right. Like I said, we don't have too much going on in the way of independent wrestling next week because let's let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. it's dominated by the big companies. So I think a lot of the smaller companies said, hey, let's take time off. But this is why Game Changer Wrestling is different. Yes. (laughs) Game Changer Wrestling says, you know what? We know that it's a big night. We know that we're not going to be the, you know, end-all, be-all that night. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean we're not going to bring you a show from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, (laughs) That's right. So on Friday, May 26th, from uh, one of your favorite places, in, in Las Vegas, Nevada. I do believe it's what is the silver. I can't read the thing. Silver Nugget Casino now. Ooh, okay. So I know that you're a big fan yeah, of yeah. old Vegas. Yeah, that's my, yeah, that's one of the haunts. One of the old stomping grounds there. Yep. So they are at the Silver Nugget. Okay. Again, uh, red on, uh, uh, Brett, because I know you listen sometimes. Red on, red on like red and yellow background doesn't work for me reading so well. Yeah. It's a <laughs> little I'm tough. I'm reading from his stuff. Uh, of course, Game Changer Wrestling presents Lifestyle, though. It's going to be going down at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because, of course, it's in Las Vegas, Nevada. So 8 p.m. Pacific. Uh, but uh, let's talk about some matches. There's not a ton of matches listed, but we have a few. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just fresh off the presses, Maki Ito takes on Sandra Moon. Ooh. Ooh, that's going to be really good. Next up, we have a tag team extravaganza as the bad boy Joey Janela tags with Sawyer Wreck to take on the Deathmatch King, Matt Cardona, and the Deathmatch Queen, Steph Delander, self-proclaimed by both. Let's fucking go. They're going to have to live up to that because I'm pretty sure Joey Janela is going to be gearing up for a week later when uh-huh. he's in TOS, making his return to TOS, and we all know how Sawyer Wreck plays. Hell yeah. Uh, Sawyer Wreck, probably the real deathmatch queen. Mm-hmm. Just throwing it out there. Arena. Speaking of Rena, the Game Changer Wrestling Ultra Violent Championship will be on the line. Rena Yamasha defending the title against the King of Wreck Ship Mountain, Cole Radrick. Well, that's going to be a good match. Let's go. And the last match that is announced. And by the way, this is a great match. Gringo Loco versus Commander versus the triple a mega champion el hijo de vikingo oh my god <laughs> that is a don't main event anywhere blink so that is coming down on friday 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 from las vegas nevada so another show that's coming down on friday and this is not indie we're going to move on over to impact wrestling because impact's mm. got a huge let's get into the big ones Impact Wrestling has got a huge show coming up this upcoming Friday, May 26th, from the Western Fair District Argoplex in London, Ontario, Canada. That is a mouthful, by the way. This is a, one of, we call it their signature pay-per-views. Yes. Because this is the ones that if you are on their Impact Plus, you get for free. Mm-hmm. If not, they're $9.99 on Fight. Uh, that's how we usually get them. But they're, 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 just because they're cheaper. They're well worth it. That they're not worth the price. If you want to talk about investments... For what they put on for these cards, this is probably the safest bet you can make all weekend. I will be dead ass serious about this. If you like for ten for how much is it? Ten dollars? Ten dollars? Nine ninety nine? Yeah, you can't beat the card they're putting on this weekend. This will take uh, place at seven thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the pre-show, eight p.m. for the main show. 
Uh, speaking of the pre-show, we do have a pre-show match listed, and that is for the Impact Digital Media Champion as your digital media champion, Ken. I believe in Joe Hendry. Goes one-on-one with Dirty Dango. Oh, that's going to be a fun match. All right, let's talk about the rest of the card, though, because there's, there's a hell of a card here. For the Impact World Tag Team Championships, your champions, ABC, Austin, uh, Ace Austin, and Chris Bay, will take on Subculture, Mark Andrews, and Morgan Webster making his return. Oh, wow. I did not hear about this, but... <sighs> the return of Subculture, and they're getting shots. Let's go. I'm with it. Oh, my God, I'm in. In his first match officially back in Impact Wrestling... The National Treasure, Nick Aldis, goes one-on-one with Kenny King. Okay, that'll be a solid that, match. That's a good match. That's, that's good a very match. good you know, welcome back match. Speaking of which, in her first official match for Impact Wrestling, like on pay-per-view especially, Trinity, formerly, uh, of course, Naomi. Flo is real, Naomi. Uh, Giselle Shaw. Ooh. Of course, Giselle Shaw is not coming alone. Jai Vidal and Savannah Evans will be with her, as always. That's going to be a solid match, too. Trinity's going to have her work cut out. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. In a six-man tag team extravaganza, the design, Diener, Angels, and Khan go against Rich Swan, the death machine, Sammy Callahan, and a partner to be announced. Hmm. Any speculation on who that partner will be? <sighs> I can tell you who it won't be. John Moxley. Yeah, I was going to say. That would be a perfect fit. If they were still doing that deal, that would be a perfect fit. That would be a perfect fit. You know... Like, I want to go, like, a complete left field guess and say, like, Jake something. That would be great. And I love seeing Jake something. I would. I'd love to see it back, but I don't think he's going to be. Six-way tag team extravaganza up ne- Or, so, no, sorry, six-way match. Not a six-way tag. Six-way match. They wrote it wrong here. Uh, it is determined the number one contender for the Impact World Championship. And the reason why I definitely read it wrong is because one of the people in the match is Alex Shelley. <laughs> oh. So it's Alex Shelley. Versus Die Hard Eddie Edwards versus Frankie Kazarian versus Jonathan Gresham versus Moose versus Yua Uamora. Ooh, that's gonna be a, a very very solid match. Yeah, I don't even know who to pick in this match. Gun to head, I'm gonna pick Jonathan Gresham. I'm gonna take Kazarian. Good pick, good pick. Yeah. Next up. The X Division Championship will be on the line as your champion, Trey Miguel, goes one-on-one with the other half of the Motor City Machine Guns and former X Division, and well, I shouldn't say former X Division champion because he is, but X Division legend, Chris Saban. I believe is this nine-time champion? I do believe he, he is nine-time, yes. Yeah. Well, he's eight times currently. He'll be the nine-time champion. But he is an X Division legend, former champion as well. I think this match is not getting enough hype as it deserves, but this is this could honestly be the match of the weekend. And that, in considering everything going on this weekend, that is saying something. This next match is being booked as a last chance match for the Impact Knockouts World Championship as your champion, the Virtuosa. Deanna Peraza goes one-on-one with Jordan Grace. What this means, if Grace loses, she can no longer challenge for the title as long as Peraza is champion. Hmm. So I'm going to say the Virtuosa comes out on top. Yeah, me too. Reasons. Well, you know what? Make it fresh. Because we've seen a lot of, yeah. of, of of Deanna versus Jordan. Not to say it's a bad match. It's a great match. But it gets some freshness going on. Right. And that means we're going to get fresh shots at the title. I'm assuming Trinity will be getting a shot at the title eventually. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, you know, Giselle Shaw should be making her come up. I mean, she's got a big match against Trinity. You know, we're always looking for the return of Mickey James after she's back from injury. Right. So there's a lot of things you could do with Deanna Parazzo as champion. Of course, she is one half of the power couple. The other half of the power couple will be in a no disqualification match for the Impact Heavyweight Championship. Of course, your champion, Steve Macklin, defending that title against PCO. 
No DQ, Ken M. I still think Steve Macklin's walking out with the belt. Macklin's walking out, but guarantee you this match is going to be one you don't want to miss because PCO is going to do something absolutely insane in this that I will probably be live tweeting and going like, what did I just see? And this goes to show like the card they're putting on is just, I mean, look how stacked this is. And Macklin is, you know, really good. I, I like how they're setting up the feud here too. Absolutely. I think this is, this is one of those things that we are always gearing up for. And I think Impact does a great job. They do a great job on TV. They mm-hmm. do a great job as far as, you know, like the pay-per-views and even these signature specialties, paper, whatever you want yeah, to call it. the signature events. Listen, $9.99 is a great price. If you've been out of the loop and you haven't been into Impact, I guarantee you you're not going to regret spending $10 on this. No, t- top to bottom. Like, that is a stacked card. I know we kind of throw that word around a lot when we say stacked, but if you really look at it, there's no bad match on this card. Like, really. And especially Trey Miguel versus Chris Saban is arguably going to be one of the most slept-on matches this weekend with everything going on. But you think about the history with the X Division, and Saban has always stepped up. I mean, he's one of the, the legends of that whole division. And now with him and Trey Miguel going at it, like I say, that's the one I'm most excited to see, but I'm excited for every match on this card. Like Macklin and PCO, that's going to get insane too. And then you take a look at the, the the number one contender match. I mean, like there's so much I could keep going on and on about this, but I'm just going to stress this. If you have the means to do it, buy this pay-per-view. I can promise you we will be in the basement. It'll be myself, Ken, and Dog, and we will be watching Impact Wrestling this upcoming Friday. I, I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty positive of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be getting together a couple times because we'll be getting together on Sunday, Sunday, Sunday to watch AEW Double or Nothing, but that's coming up at the main event segment of the show. Uh, we unfortunately will not be getting together to watch WWE's Night of Champions because you'll be working. Uh, oh, oh, wait a minute. Maybe we will get together because it's got a special 1 p.m. start time. But we, we're going to talk about that We'll talk about that later. We're, we're getting the mid-card. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We got one more thing to end out the opening contest, and that is another event that's going down on Sunday. Sunday, May 28th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from the Zongus Center in Lowell, Massachusetts. NXT presents a battleground. By the way, how do you feel about NXT just using old WCW and WWF names for their, WWE, sorry, names, Freudian slip, for their pay-per-views? Take it and run with it. I'm, I'm good with it because it's NXT. It's, it's the whole new era. If they want to borrow from you know something in the past like that, go right ahead. Well, we, as of our current standings, we have five, count them, five matches listed for the uh, card. Mm -hmm. Are you ready to to jump in? Let's do it. So, first of all, in a last man standing match, check your mouth guard at home, folks. Ilya Dragunov takes on Dijak. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) That is mouth guard required just to watch this. Oh, yeah. Take aspirin before the match. In a triple threat match for the NXT North American Championship, your champion, Wesley, taking on Tyler Bate and our good friend Joe Gacy. That's going to be a great match. I'm, I'm cheering for Joe. Same He's here. a friend. I'm cheering for yeah. him. But uh, I still love what Wesley's done with this belt. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, the open challenge, in, you know, much in the same vein of Orange Cassidy. Fight anybody, anywhere, anytime. They brought back the NXT Heritage Cup because the return of Noam Dar. Yeah. And uh, with British round rules which I never liked the round system, but it's going to be fought under British rounds rules. Noam Dar will be defending the NXT Heritage Cup against Dragon Lee. That's going to be a great match. That is a clash of styles, Mm -hmm. but in all the right ways. I think this is going to be an incredible match. So here's what we got going on. Currently, as you know, the uh, former, now former, NXT Women's Champion, 
is now over on the Raw brand. Well, she's injured currently, but she's over on the Raw brand, mm-hmm. uh, bringing back the way, if yes. you will. <laughs> uh, well said. And, 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 you know, we love Indy Hartwell, so it's Absolutely. great that she got called up. Of course, get well soon because she's uh, recovering from injury. Mm-hmm. However, because of this, she vacated that belt. So we've had a tournament going on on NXT to decide the new NXT Women's Champion. And the finals are coming up this upcoming Tuesday, as we record, so we don't know who the matches, but but the t- tournament finals, sorry, will be at Battleground. Those tournament finals will be uh, one side. It'll either be Roxanne Perez or Tiffany Stratton taking on Cora Jade or Lyra Val- Valkyria. Or however you say that name. <laughs> I, yeah, Valkyria. I, yeah, I thought there was a day on it because not Valkyrie. Yeah. It's, like, you know, they can't do it because we have... Taya, but you know, mm-hmm. I, I think that they should have changed her name. <laughs> I think honestly. it will happen sooner than later. Or maybe later. just drop it to Lyra. Yeah. And the reason why is because it is kind of confusing. But anyway, so you have Lyra and Cora, Roxanne and Tiffany. Who do you expect to be in this finals? And who do you think is going home with the prize at Battleground? See, I'll do this locks and leap style. I think the lock is going to be Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade. The fight forever. The fight forever. The feud, yeah. yeah. Because I think the loser is going to wind up getting moved up to the main roster. Possibly. I just think it's going to be just a late addition, you know, X, Y, and Z, however it happens. But in my heart of hearts, I need Tiffany Stratton to win the belt. I would love to see it, but I think she's still... She's still building. Yeah. I don't think she's there yet. And and nothing against her. And I think she knows that. She was on Busted Open a few weeks ago. She took some licks from the internet, even though she was defended by a lot of pro wrestlers. Because mm-hmm. she admitted the, the parts of her game that she needs to you know continue to work on. And that, that's very good knowing that. And the fact that she's continuing to do so. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously she's touted at times by fans on the internet as being the female MJF. Mm-hmm. Which I think, you know, I don't think she's focused on that. But I think that's kind of a, a disrespect to both. Yeah. Because MJF is a lot further along in his career if you will. And I think Tiffany Stratton is still building. Now, is there similarities between the two? Obviously. Mm -hmm. Obviously. Both good looking. They both have that I'm better than you and you know it kind of gimmick. Not that they're doing the same gimmick, but I, and that's good to be compared to MJF. MJF is a rising star as well. Similar similarities. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of some, but you know, I don't think Tiffany Stratton's really worried about that, but I like her character. I'm with you. I -hmm. I know she's going to be a champion someday. She's going to be a champion on the main roster. She's going to be a star in years and years to come. And if, and if ever, and mind you, I'm not trying to get everybody riled up, but if ever MJF comes over, that would be a hell of a power couple. Oh, make I would it put happen. them. I would put them together, both of them as champions, and do like when you had uh, Triple H and Stephanie as champions. Although you can do that same thing with Cora Jade and Braun Breaker. Yeah, you could. So here's what I'm saying. Hear me out. Okay, sure. I We know Braun Breaker's not coming up right away. Right. Because they're still flushing out, and they love what they're seeing in this heel. This heel character the kind heel of... The heel thing works. I want to throw this out there. The heel thing kind of hurt him in a little ways of coming to the main roster. Because they're like, everybody just like us, we're going, Braun Breaker's a great heel. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And so they're like, let's continue this on a little bit. See how much we can get mileage-wise. We know that him and Cora Jade are a real-life couple. Mm-hmm. I think that the finals will be Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade because... The rivalry writes itself. And I think for the first time, Cora Jade will become the NXT Women's Champion. The main event of the evening is Carmelo Hayes defending the NXT Championship against Braun Breaker. I think that Cora Jade will call a cor- but between Cora Jade and Trick Williams, it's going to cost Carmelo the title. Because remember, Trick Williams has been told now that, oh, you know, if you're on your own, you might you might be something, kid. Yeah. And you've you notice there's a little fracture there. So I don't know if he's going to cost Carmelo or if it's going to be Cora Jade. Because I would like to, if I'm booking, it's going to be Cora Jade because I want to put Braun and Cora together as the power couple of NXT. 
I like Carmelo, and it's not nothing against Carmelo. Because Carmelo will be your champion again soon. Mm-hmm. I just like Carmelo on the hunt. Yeah. Because not that I think that he's a bad champion, because he's a great champion. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, we can really get some mileage out of Braun and Cora and then get them seasoned to go to the main roster by the end of the year, because I don't think you need a draft for them to go up. I think they can be signed to one of the shows later in the year, Survivor Series time, Royal Rumble, you know, whatever. Survivor Series time is where I see it. And Carmelo is going to go up too, but I don't, you know, but you can take your time with Carmelo. Mm-hmm. Carmelo is the MVP of NXT. Yeah. And Carmelo will be one of the MVPs of the main roster when he gets there. Mark my words. Oh, I absolutely. Said it already. He's going to be a future champion. He is the next evolution of MVP. Mm-hmm. He can talk. He can wrestle. He can, he can do it all. He does everything. He can do it all. Mm-hmm. And so there should be no rush to bring, you know, him anywhere. Yeah. And he knows it. He doesn't, he doesn't need a rush. You can take your time. You're, that, that kid's money. With Braun, not saying that Braun's not money, mm-hmm. but with Braun, there's going to be a window of opportunity when they can use him best. And I think when you start to get into, I don't want to say the word stale, but you know, there's a, <laughs> it's the best word I can come up because there's a time frame between Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. So the November, December into the end of January, because Royal Rumble's usually the last Saturday. Yeah, the year ends. Yeah. So there's this really usually a part where like things get bogged down. A Braun Breaker coming up and challenging. You know, whoever might be the WWE World Heavyweight Champion, whether that's Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, we'll talk about that later, or somebody else. Mm-hmm. I think that would be something fresh, especially him and Cora, if you get them the right seasoning over the next few months. That might be fresh. And some people are like, well, you're going to shoot him to the title picture? Well, yeah, why not? Because then you've established him. He doesn't have to win the belt, but you've established him as a main player, which he should be. And that's a good fitting place because I believe Braun is only, you know, Braun looks like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. His promos are all right. He's still They're more like better, his Uncle yeah. Scotty, but as a heel, he's been a lot better. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you bring him in as a big-time player, everybody will treat him like a big-time player, especially when you have Cora Jade, who can wrestle and is also, you know, very attractive. Mm-hmm. And they're both att- – let's be honest. Listen, I say it. Braun Breaker's also an attractive man. Yeah. So you have this attractive power couple. Both can wrestle. You can put them in top spots in that downtime. Even if they don't walk away with the belts, you've now established them as a threat. And then going further, they can still build on the main roster and eventually, you know, win the secondary belts and become world champions. Or yeah. in the case of Cora Jade, she can be – become you know a women's champion Mm -hmm. so like i I think it's a big bucket of win all the way around yeah i mean i could i could definitely see it happening i just i have this feeling though that if core wins i think roxanne gets called up like for some reason and it's nothing against roxanne i just think that right now we're still getting used to seeing everybody who was drafted on the main roster and i think to bring somebody up like this quick I, i think would do more damage than good just because there's so many people just trying to find their place right now on the main rosters. So that said, I mean, I am with you though. I, I think it's going to be the fight forever and I think they're going to do some really cool things and I could see Cora walking out with it, but I think, like I say, I'm just going to say Tiffany Stratton. I could see them saying she's going to be the one to do it, but if, but giving her more time to develop and grow in her character, I think is it would be the smart thing to do. Like, I don't want to see her on the main roster right away. I'd love to see her get a nice run in NXT, really hone in and sharpen the skills so when she comes up to the main roster, like she is going to be a major player. Yeah, I agree. I think I, I think that that's a possibility. And I mean, I can see Roxanne coming up now. Mm-hmm. So, and once again, Roxanne is kind of in the same boat as I look at a Carmelo Hayes. You can kind of, even if you bring her up to the main roster, you can take her time building her. Yeah. Because you know she's going to be the star of the future. Yeah, so it's absolutely. Not, there's no rush. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like I said, it's nothing against Braun Breaker. It's just that he's kind of, look at him. He looks like a million bucks. You want to put him in a big spot now. Right. 
You know, so when he makes his impact, he should make the impact because you want to make him a big star then. Mm -hmm. And because it's a package unit with him and Cora, I think that's a perfect play. Oh, it would make a lot of sense, yeah, because I think the only thing he's really lacking in right now is promo skills. Right, which you could pick up there. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. Well, that's going to finally do it for the opening contest. We know we had a lot of information in there, but that's because we got two huge shows going down to talk about in the last two segments. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about one of them because in the mid card, we're going to talk about the show that's going down this upcoming Saturday from Saudi Arabia, and that is WWE's Night of Champions. We'll jump into that after this break. That is right. It is now time for the second segment. You know it as the mid-card. That's right. Get it, Ken M. Walk that base. It's been a while since we did a mid-card. I know. Usually this is the home of the Indie Roundup, but we did the Indie Roundup in the first part because we're building and building and building, and we're going to go with the first of the two super major shows going down this weekend from the two biggest companies in the United States, mm -hmm. WWE and AEW, respectively. And, of course, that first show is going down at on Saturday, 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 May the 27th from Jedi, Saudi Arabia, or sorry, I'm contractually obligated to say beautiful, progressive <laughs> Jedi, Saudi Arabia at the Jedi Superdome. Wow, somebody's going to get sued there. <laughs> Mercedes is going to be upset. Uh, but, uh, of course, we are talking about WWE Night of Champions. By the way, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time start time. Yes. Confirmed. Uh, if you're in the U.K., at 6 p.m., <laughs> just so you know. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole bunch of because they're obviously on Saudi time. So, Kedem, are you ready to break down Night of Champions? Let's go. All right. Let's jive right in. Uh, there is currently, as we record, there is five, count them, five matches announced. I'm assuming they might announce one or two more. Mm-hmm. It's going to be somewhere between six and eight, I should say. So right. as of our recording time on this Sunday, we've got five matches in a singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair will defend that belt against Asuka. It's going to be a great match. Uh, you know, I keep on waiting for Asuka to win, but I don't think it happens here. I'm going to say Bianca retains. You know, ah. Uh, I'm so torn on this one. Yeah, me too. I like, think there needs to be a... I'm going to say this. I think there needs to be a title change in Saudi. So I'm going to say Asuka walks out the new WWE uh, Raw Women's Champion. And maybe they named the belt something different because obviously the Raw Women's title is on SmackDown. And the SmackDown Women's title is on 
Raw. So yeah. I think that they need to change it. So maybe that's a good way to change it. However, I can see Bianca still be champion. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm torn. Like I'm, it's an honest fifty-fifty, but it's gonna be a great match regardless. I mean, we have a guaranteed title change at the end of the night. Yeah. Well, technically, it's not a title change. We have a guaranteed new champion. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that they're gonna want a title change. In another women's match that is going to be coming down from Saudi Arabia, we're gonna have the legendary Hall of Famer Trish Stratus going one-on-one with Becky Lynch. This is going to be a great match. Mm. Like, I want to say Trish. You know what? This feud is going to carry on longer. I think Trish is winning. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, though, because this will be, uh, I do believe this is, uh, well, this is not Becky's first time in Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. but this will be Trish's first time in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I, I can't wait to see what the reaction from the crowd is. I think that she might get a baby face pop there. I do, too. Next up. WWE Intercontinental Championship on the line. Your champion, Gunta. And he's going one-on-one with Mustafa Ali. Mustafa returning to the Middle East. Uh, he usually has a big spot here. I There's part of me that kind of hopes that he wins the belt, but I just don't think they're taking it off of Gunther. I'm going to call in new. Really? Do you think this is going to be the end? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I think they're going to get Gunther ready for whoever wins the WWE title. You know, I, like I said, I would like to see Ali win, but yeah. I still think it's going to be Ann still. Next up, tag team, t- tag team extravaganza for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships. Your champions, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, both of them for the first time in Saudi Arabia, will take on the bloodline, Solo Sokoa, and the tribal chief himself, Roman Reigns, the big dog. The best storyline in pro wrestling continues on in its next phase. I love the setup they've been doing for this, and you now are really seeing the cracks in the foundation of the bloodline, especially with the Usos being disconnected from Roman Reigns. This match is going to be everything we're all expecting it to be. I am saying, and still, I am fully banking Sammy and Kevin walk out of there with the belts because Jay Uso costs Roman the match. I think that could be a, I think that could be it. I, I've come around. I think that it's still, I don't think that it's going to be. I think hashtag Roman four belts isn't going to happen, even though I'm going to continue saying that to piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I do think that it's going to be and still, and we're going to see more fractures in the bloodline. Next up, this one's the big attraction. This could, listen, there's like three, this is one of the three matches that could be main events of this show. Yeah. Uh, you get, The tag match could main event the show. Mm-hmm. I do believe the world heavyweight title will main event the show I do for too. obvious reasons. Yeah. But this match could also make an argument for headlining because Cody Rhodes goes one-on-one with the beast, Brock Lesnar. And this has been one of those, remember, we're going on side quest. Yeah. You know, they were drafted a different. So I still fully believe the plan as of when we record right now, the 21st of May, 2023, I think the plan as of now is still WrestleMania 40, Roman versus Cody. Cody will probably get there by winning the Royalists of Rumbles and probably run coast to coast possibly because uh, they're going to try to make the underdogs, you know, story. Mm-hmm. Maybe he gets screwed over at the end of it by Roman or somebody and then the Elimination Chamber one. Whatever is going to be the case. I still think that that's where they are. As of right now, I think that's where the writing is. Now, that does that mean that can change? Absolutely. Any plan can change. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what the plan is right now. And the reason why I'm more convinced of it never is because of what I've said before, the setup for all this. You have... Roman, stay on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. You move Cody to Raw, uh, to Raw. So now you have separated them with a what is now 
as of now, as of recording, a pretty fucking strict, you know, separance. Right. Like, they're pretty strictly separating the shows. Mm Mm-hmm. It is what it is. I mean, Brock can go back and forth, but he's an attraction. Logan Paul can go back and forth, but he's an attraction. But the roster is the roster. Mm -hmm. No, I agree That's what we've seen so far. Mm -hmm. And I think they're going to continue that because that's how you keep the two of them apart. But you need to keep them busy. On one end, you got Roman and his historic title running the Bloodline storyline. So that's going to keep that going no matter what, right? Mm -hmm. On the other end, you have Cody. So now you had to do something. Brock Lesnar was a perfect obstacle. Mm -hmm. We saw him beat Brock Lesnar. But did he conquer Brock Lesnar? If you listen to Cody and his rhetoric, yes, he conquered Brock Lesnar because a win is a win. However, let's be honest, storyline-wise, fan-wise, we know that's not true. Right. I get why Cody has to say it, and that's part of the story. Mm-hmm. But now he's going to Saudi Arabia. He's going to Jedi. He's going to be at a show where there's you know, 50,000, 60,000 people, mm-hmm. and they are fervently, if you will, behind Brock Lesnar. We know this. Yes. I don't know if Cody's going to be over in Saudi Arabia. We know Brock is. Mm -hmm. Just look at the track record. Yes. Brock took the beating. Brock has the scar. Brock had the black eyes from the match. Cody came out of it with maybe some bruised ribs Mm -hmm. (laughs) and bruised even more after he got attacked again. So we have the fighting from under. I'm going to say it. Brock Lesnar is going to defeat Cody Rhodes in Jedi Saudi Arabia, because this feud's coming on. Now, I could make the argument that Cody Rhodes wins as well, and that further pisses Brock Lesnar off. But once again, with Brock Lesnar, you don't defeat Brock. You don't beat Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. You just move past him for a moment. So even if Brock wins, and you think the coast is, I think this is why this is going to happen, because Brock's going to win. Cody will lick his wounds, be in money in the bank, Think the coast is clear and Brock will come back to cost him money in the bank because we'll finally get to the real reason why Brock Lesnar is attacking Cody Rhodes. And both of us have been on record as saying we fervently believe it's because of Paul Heyman. Right. So your thoughts about this match and you know what I said, but also what's your thoughts? Brock Lesnar is going to win in a squash. I'm going to say this. I agree with you. I think the feud continues, but remember how Brock has emphasized he wants a fight. So I could see it happening one of two ways. See, Brock is going to win either legally or he's going to win the moral victory and just go completely crazy before the bell. I was going to say, he could lose by DQ, but he's still going to win because I think that uh, Cody Rhodes is going to be a bloody mess in in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, he's going to be a mess. Like I say, however you want to do it, Brock is going to go unleashed and just give him everything he's got. Cody's going to be a mess by the time this is done. And I think Cody... I'm actually going to go out on a limb. Cody misses Money in the Bank because Ooh. he because he's selling the injuries because he can't because they're going to really say how Brock beat him into almost retirement. Like that's how they're going to sell this. So your main event or one of your main events for SummerSlam because we know that's coming up after. We're going into Hell in a Cell with those two. Oh, I like it. I like it. And then Cody can get a definitive victory over Brock at SummerSlam, right. and we can move forward. Yep. I like it a lot. And then maybe even a program with Seth freaking Rollins. We'll talk about that in a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or AJ Styles. Right. Because we have to give credit to credits too. So the only other match that's listed, by the way, is the tournament finale to crown the inaugural World Heavyweight Champion. WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Of course, the competitors will be Seth freaking Rollins and the phenomenal AJ Styles. Of course, 
For those at home, if AJ does win, he'll be moved over to Raw because that title is exclusive to Monday Night Raw. If Seth Rollins wins, nothing changes. Mm -hmm. He just is the champion. And going forward. So I've said it before. I'm going to say it a million times. I think, mind you, I love AJ Styles. I think this is Seth Rollins' match to win Mm -hmm. for numerous reasons. A, we've talked about it before. Even... Even the WWE storylines, including Roman Reigns, are calling it the participation title because they want to mock it on purpose. Because if you kind of back talk something yourself, that kind of makes it a little better because then the people who would normally shit on it are going to defend it because they want to look cool and hipster, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be what happens here. But on top of it, we've talked about it before and we've talked about it. We'll say it again. Basically, Seth Rollins has not lost to Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins' name is not on the Roman Reigns hit list. Right. Roman Reigns did not conquer Seth Rollins. As a matter of fact, their only matchup for the title was a DQ win for Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. Never got a rematch. Roman ducked him, if you will. Mm -hmm. That is going to be part of the storyline when Seth wins. Because when Seth wins, there'll probably be some kind of banter between the two shows where Seth is going to bring up, hey, that's funny. You never beat me. Or they might not even do that. They might wait until Survivor Series. Because I'm anticipating Survivor Series is going to go back to brand warfare. Yeah. It's going to go, the titles won't be on the line. Don't, for those people who think it's going to be Roman three belts, Mm -hmm. the belts won't be on the line. But I do think we're going to get WWE World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins versus WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. No. And that's, and I've called it before. I Mm -hmm. I think the smart money would be Seth Rollins wins the match. Yep. Doesn't have to be like uber definitive, but he gets the pin. Mm-hmm. So then he can say that, hey, not only did I beat you by DQ, I pinned you, which means my title is just as valid as your title because now I could have beat you for those belts. And that's going to set up the whole, you know, Cody and him feuding. That's where I brought in Braun Breaker. You bring up a Braun Breaker after Survivor Series, destroy Seth Rollins. You give Seth Rollins a little play through Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Of course, Cody goes on to win Rumble. Cody shocks the world, quote unquote, picks Roman Reigns. Because remember, you get a shot at any champion of your choosing. Mm -hmm. He picks Roman Reigns and the main event of WrestleMania, Roman versus. And then on the other side of it with Seth, now Seth's pissed off that he's not the main event. Once Mm -hmm. again, he's passed over for Roman Reigns. So that's going to lead us into, you know, the finest Seth Rollins that we keep seeing. And he's going to have probably the best workers match of Mania. And that'll be, I don't know. I don't want to make a guess as of right now. Right. You know, your guess is as good as mine. Kevin Owens versus uh, Seth Rollins, the Sami Zayn versus Seth Rollins, you know, run it back with Finn Balor. There's, there's a lot of options, but I think they're going to have one of the best matches of the night. And the reason why is because you put Seth in there with any of those guys, it's going to be the best match of the night. Mm-hmm. And then it, once again, definitively says, you keep disrespecting me. I'm the man. And then even when Cody becomes champion, Seth still has the claim. Yes, you beat me before. But I beat you in the WWE because in between I would have him and Seth have a little feud where Seth Rollins defeats Cody Rhodes for the world heavyweight title, defends it against him. Mm-hmm. Because that way you go, hey, you know, the belt is still obviously where it is. And then we can move it and all that happy jazz. But I think that's the best course of action in my opinion. What's your take? I think this is Seth's to lose. I think we, we're, we've both been in agreement about this. It's nothing against AJ, but I think they're setting up AJ to take on Roman after – the Jay Uso feud is done. That's where I fully think they're going to go because I think they're going to have the club get more active and you're going to have club versus bloodline. And I think that's going to be another catalyst for more further divide too, even like to the point where you start getting solo starting to break away. But this has been all about Seth for a couple reasons. One, the as you touched upon, Roman never beat him. 
So it's instant credibility to that belt. Two, if you remember his interviews he's done prior to Mania and the ones that were kind of half shoot where he was saying about, you know, I should got a title shot. I've been here. I've never left. And he kind of had that, at least perception is reality in my opinion, that aura of I was overlooked, that I deserve this. I should be here. I think this is their way of kind of making amends for that. And I think putting him in as the first champion, I think helps a lot. It adds instant credibility, as we, as I mentioned. Plus, you have an instant contender in Gunther that you can lead into a SummerSlam match with. You have enough time to really build something up with. And you know with Seth, if you give him a long title run, he's going to make the most of this belt. He's so over right now. It makes more sense to give it to him than AJ. And this doesn't take anything away from AJ Styles. Correct. AJ Styles is one of the greatest wrestlers ever lived. Mm-hmm. The thing of the matter is, is that, yes, it might be telegraphed because everybody assumes Seth's going to win. And then you can pull the Swerver Ruski, right? Sure. However, I would say this. AJ doesn't really need to be champion. And I know how people hate when you say that. He doesn't need to be champion because he's AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Seth Rollins doesn't need to be champion either because he's Seth freaking Rollins. But the difference is, in this case, it makes more sense if you want to build this title and make it have a legitimacy to it. Seth Rollins brings that right away. Seth Rollins never lost to Roman Reigns. Seth Rollins never got a rematch against Roman Reigns. That goes into play the fact that this is not a participation belt. Correct. You put him in some big-name matches, Seth Rollins, unless he's lining up across from a guy named Dean Ambrose slash John Moxley, is delivering a five-star match every night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For some reason, those two, even though they're great friends, can't great have a great match. We know this because we've seen it on three different occasions. But outside of that, I have always said that Seth Rollins could wrestle a broom to a five-star match. Mm-hmm. True. So therefore, you have all this talent in the world that could go up against uh, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion to build that belt and to really, really build that belt. And I think he's the best bet right now. Mm-hmm. And of course, him against AJ is going to be a banger. That is a main event class oh, match anywhere in the world. That is a WrestleMania main event. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get that in Saudi Arabia for the WWE World Heavyweight title. Once again, giving it legitimacy because you're going to have, I guarantee that match is going to go 30, 40 minutes. Oh, easily. So, easily. So you're going to have a great match between two of the best to ever do it. And it's gonna it's gonna give more legitimacy to the belt when at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So I think it's smart. It gives legitimacy because both shows were up for it. So it's not like hey, we just picked one side, right? <laughs> we picked we picked you know the twelve best wrestlers that we could, mm-hmm. and they're gonna fight for it. And now we're down to two. <laughs> yeah, and they're gonna fight for it in the finals. You're gonna get a great match, WrestleMania main event caliber match, new champion walking out, and we're gonna establish a belt. I think that all the naysayers from the beginning are gonna go away. Mm-hmm. I you're going to see the final picture is going to be beautiful. Even if AJ wins, the naysayers have to go away a little bit because the road to get there is that good. But I, I, I fully, I fully anticipate Seth Rollins winning. No matter who wins this, I don't think anybody can be mad. I fully anticipate Seth freaking Rollins being your first WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Fun fact: This will be his third match that he's performed in for a belt that did not exist <laughs> prior. He, of course, wrestled for the NXT title right. and won. The first, when the first ever NXT champion, he was the, the Florida Championship Wrestling Champion, but he wrestled in the finals against Jinder Mahal, there's mm-hmm. a little thing, for the become the inaugural NXT champion. He, of course, wrestled Finn Balor in losing effort for the inaugural Universal Championship, and now he's wrestling AJ Styles for the inaugural WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Interesting. So he's Mr. Inaugural, <laughs> is what you should just call Seth Rollins, and I agree with you. You know what the nice part is? Some of the best things are built off of real life. Mm-hmm. And if Seth Rollins, and I feel like he is a little bit, if he's frustrated a little bit in real life, not to the extent that what some people would like you to believe, trust me, he's not leaving ego anywhere. Yeah, he, he's, yeah. But I will say this, because he's already said that. Mm-hmm. When people were like, are you mad? He's like, listen, they give me the schedule that I want. 
I have my family. I get to travel with my family. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm just, I, I think that I'm being overlooked. So what do I have to do? I have to show and prove. Yeah. I got to step my game up the next level. And I, and I dug it. Yeah. Like he took, you know, Hey, I'm not happy about this. I'll let you know I'm not happy, but I'm not telling you to give me shit. I'm going to force you to give it to me. Mm-hmm. That is the action to have. That is what Sami Zayn did. That is what Kevin Owens does. That is what, you know, in go in the past guys like John Cena, when he was hungry and coming up, you, you know, that's what it is. You can say the machine forces them on you. The machine will force them on you after they become successful. Right. To get to that seat is a lot of hard work in mm-hmm. getting over. That's why it's always weird to me. Like, oh, he got himself over so that they don't like him. That's what we're hearing about LA Knight right now. Yeah. Get ready. Get ready. No pun intended with that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. 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 Oh, I am. Yeah. Let me talk to you. That's what I'm going to tell you. You guys don't see what's going If If you're not looking at the future, and I know some people are. I guarantee you're going to see some big things from Mr. L.A. Knight sooner than later. Oh, by summer, by SummerSlam at the latest, it's I the think. Same thing with Baron Corbin right now. Yeah. When people were talking about Baron Corbin losing. You got you to hit rock bottom before you rebuild. Mm-hmm. And I think what you had, saw there against Cameron Grimes, it A, built Cameron Grimes. Oh, yeah. Instantly made him a main roster guy. Mm-hmm. But B, that's ground level. That's, that's, that's it. So now we can go on and we've heard rumors that he wants to bring back the lone wolf character. Yeah, which works. Which works. And guess what? I'm sure you'll see it. You notice he wasn't on SmackDown this past week. Mm-hmm. He's, he's probably not going to be on next week either. But you'll see him. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And we're going to start to see a build. I, I really do believe that's what's going on with certain guys right now. Building them up. Because right now, you you know, right now you have to slow build and slow roll somebody like an LA Knight. Because he's not going to beat Roman for the belt. So we have to start and get him into this area where we can leverage him to become United States champion. Mm-hmm. Because that's really the belt. Because he's got to carry the company because Roman doesn't wrestle every week. And I guarantee you, by SummerSlam, he'll be United States champion. Oh, easily. Yeah, I, and I'm, I think I'm he'll right have a nice, with you. I think he'll have a nice healthy reign because he'll be the guy defending a title every week or more than Roman. Mm-hmm. And that's who they'll lean on. He'll be the face of SmackDown for a while. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. For those people who are naysayers, we'll, we'll find out. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to happen. Save those receipts. Saving him, baby, because I, I I just think that he's being put in too many high profile places. Even though they're losing, yeah, he's still on TV every week. They're still like I don't think there's there. Remember, everybody was saying that about Sami Zayn when he was the great conspirator, and oh, he's getting buried, and you know he no, it built into what we have now. Uh huh. And if you think that his what he's doing now isn't worth it, are you kidding me? He's the top of the card, working with the biggest act in wrestling right now exactly if not the biggest act in wrestling ever mm-hmm. like you we're we're on a precipice where roman reigns whether there's there's some internet people out there in the iwc who are like eh, we're over roman but you know what you might be but not the majority more more people are still on board with roman reigns he is the biggest draw in pro wrestling currently and quite possibly fucking ever look at the ratings look at the merch i know we don't focus on the numbers like that but you can't deny what he does. The numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. Well, that was usually the cards don't lie. I was tapping into Miss Cleo. Yeah. By the way, there's a great documentary on Miss Cleo on, uh, I do believe, HBO Max. Check it out. If really? You have it. It's really good. Hmm. Very nice woman, unfortunately. God rest her soul. But yeah. <laughs> but it, it, very good documentary. Post painted her in a great light. She was taken advantage of. I know it's not wrestling, folks, but it's really good. Check it out. It's, uh, it's over on uh, HBO Max. Good stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, I, any, uh, so I think we're pretty much going to be, that's, that's what's listed. That's what's covered. Mm-hmm. 
we might get a couple more matches. We might not. It's WWF or WWE. I keep doing the Freudian slip. It's WWE. World Wildlife Foundation is going to be pissed at me today. Yeah. Uh, but it's they've been lately giving us quality over quantity. I keep saying that. Mm-hmm. I keep yelling at Tony Khan whenever I can. Quanti- quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Since WWE switched to this pretty much six-match pay-per-view style, sometimes they go up as, t- as high as eight. Yeah. WrestleMania is a little different beast. But even then, I don't feel like they overbooked WrestleMania. I think there was a lot of people bitching that there wasn't enough people booked on WrestleMania. You're like, it's two days, and I thought they booked it, booked it geniusly. It was level enough that everybody got ample time. And, and that's the one stories, thing. and it was entertaining. Yeah, it was engaging from start to finish. And listen, this is not us, because we're not on us or them. We're not, we're not team WWE, and we're not team AEW. We're team pro wrestling, so we just want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. So don't think that that, I hate when that comes up. But I got to be honest. I could see them adding maybe one or two matches because it is Saudi Arabia, but I could see them just rolling with five. I could see them keeping five. I could also see them doing a battle royal just for re- not 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 like the greatest Royal Rumble ever, but just doing a battle royal. Here's my picks. If they're going to do anything else, I, I don't know if they'll do a battle royal because maybe they'll bring back the greatest Royal Rumble maybe one day. I mean, technically speaking, your longest reigning champion is Braun Strowman because he's held that greatest Royal Rumble belt for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) True, true. I mean, I don't know how you defend it, but, you know, technically he's the only one that's ever had it. Same thing like UFC's BMF. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Lineal champion, though, I'm lost. I'd have to go back and find out who lost to Braun and then who lost to who beat that person and who beat. So the lineal fucking greatest Royal Rumble champion, I don't know who that is. Yeah. I'm not even going to try to look. So anyways, I know Ricochet would have been on there at one point if Braun Strowman was still champion, but he lost the belt. Prior to that, because he had that feud with Bray Wyatt that he didn't win. Whatever. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to dive into the weeds. Reasons. We'll just leave it there. The only matches I could see getting added, and I'm not saying all of these matches. I'm saying, in a nutshell, I could see them either adding uh, a Rhea Ripley SmackDown Women's Championship match. I don't think they need to, so I, I think that's the least likely one. If they want to add another women's match, I could see the tag titles. Tag titles, uh, they're not going down technically till a Monday after. So it can't be, but you could do a women's tag team match that has implications. Like you could do Ronda and Shayna versus somebody. Or if they wanted to. They could mix it up. They could bait and switch. Yeah, because they do have the NXT women's champions. Ooh, you could do Isla Dawn and Alba Fire against somebody? Yeah, because I know with um, Liv Morgan now being out with the shoulder injury, that, uh, yeah, they're they're not revealing anything on TV just yet. Like, I know they taped SmackDown, so spoilers are out there. But uh, Yeah, but that's not even – that's not going to count what's going to happen in the women's. Right, right, right. Because the women's tag titles, I do believe this upcoming Monday they were advertising uh, because of the challenge damage control versus Raquel Rodriguez and whoever her new partner is because mm-hmm. she gets to pick somebody. And I'm assuming that will be her partner in the four-way. And then a week from this Monday when we record. Right. So after uh, Night of Champions, so Memorial, Memorial Day. Day there's going to be the four-way, which right. is Shayna and Ronda, Raquel and whoever her partner is, the damage control of EO and Bailey. Yes. And then there was another team in there, and I, I'm sorry that I'm blanking. Uh, Sonya and Chelsea. Sony, okay, Sonya and Chelsea. So, yeah, that, that's going to be going down after. I wish they would have done it at Night of Champions, quite honestly. Yeah, me too. And it would have got more women on the show because I feel like that's the biggest win since they've been going to Saudi mm-hmm. Arabia is having women on the show. So with that being said, since the title's not going to be on the line, I could see them doing maybe Ronda and Shayna versus somebody just to get people excited and also because Ronda's such a global draw. But I really think that if they're going to – actually, now I'm going to switch it. I think if they're going to add another women's match, it would probably be Rhea defending the title. Insert whoever the fuck you want because it doesn't matter. She ain't losing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, – 
The only other thing I could see them doing if they don't do that, if they're going to add another match or if they're going to one or two, would be to do a U.S. title match with Austin Theory. Yeah, they could do that. Maybe do Austin Theory versus, insert name here, Santos Escobar. But then again, if they were going to do that, we would have saw it on the SmackDown taping list. Yeah. So I don't think that they're going to do that either. So, I mean, I, I could almost see them just plug and play uh, Ray versus Dom. You could do that. You could do Damian Priest. Yeah. Like so something involved in Judgment there's, there's Day, a little, I think. There's a little bit of, of leeway. In my my speculation is if anything's going to happen, it's going to be on Raw. Mm-hmm. So there might be a six. I think there's a, there's going to be a six match that'll happen on the Raw side of things. Yeah. If not, they're going to go in there with these five. And I think qu- once again, quality over quantity. Yeah. Triple H has it figured out. Listen, these five matches, I would pay fifty dollars for them. Mm-hmm. Ten dollars a match? Are you kidding? They're bangers. Yeah. Every one of them we discussed. There's not a one of them there I don't want to see. Fully agree. Just throwing that out there. Well, that's going to do it for us talking about WWE Night of Champions. Of course, remember that is going down this upcoming. Saturday, May the 27th, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time start time because it's coming to you from beautiful, progressive Jedi Saudi Arabia and the Jedi Superdome. Mercedes-Benz is going to sue someone. (laughs) So with that, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, it'll be the main event segment time, and we're going to talk about the show that's going down on Sunday, May 28th. That's right. In order. From All Elite Wrestling, celebrating their fourth full year as a wrestling company, double or nothing. We're going to preview that. And talk about are the, what's going down in stone, what's rumored to be going down, what we would like to see, and more after this final break. of this week 607 TWS and we only got one event left then mm-hmm. we got a big weekend we got a big weekend but we got one event left and I can make the argument that this is the most important event of the weekend debatable I mean it should be it should I'm be I'm not saying about in fans eyes right I'm saying in a company's eyes mm-hmm. because hey first of all it's the four year four full year celebration of all elite wrestling correct and whether you like AEW or not mm-hmm. whether you agree with everything they're doing or not whether you're a diehard AEW tribalist part of the all elite clan mm-hmm. or if you are the most major of WWE detractor you have to be honest a major wrestling promotion lasting four full years in the United States of America is a pretty big draw because that had, does not happen you get the impact fans will argue about that but let's be honest Impact went up against Raw. It lost badly, mm-hmm. and they were never the same. And that the, that that competition only went on for like a year. Right now, mind you, they bit a lot around for a long time, but they built themselves up. They flew too close to the sun. <laughs> Story of Icarus. Yep. If if you don't know, and they're still around doing great things. Don't get me wrong. I like Impact Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Same. 
But there's a reason why it's Impact and not TNA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, a very big reason. Because they had to change the branding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so AEW doing it for four years, being on a more major station. Can also remember, they're, they've been on a better station than Impact ever was. Mm-hmm. Impact's most notable station was Spike TV. Right. The only thing that really was on Spike TV was A Thousand Ways to Die in the WWE back in the day. Mm-hmm. After WWE left, it was kind of a dead brand and it died while Impact, or sorry, TNA was on it. Yeah, I mean, they had UFC for a quick hiccup, but yeah. Yeah, well, that got bought out real quick. Yeah, I, I just had to remember. It was like, they did think. the Fox deal. Yep. And then now ESPN. Mm-hmm. But yeah, think about it. The, the things that people remember about Spike TV, thousand ways to die. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the beginning of uh, uh, Bar Rescue, because I think that was on there right before it sh- switched channels. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Something like that. But, you know, anyways, I digress. Mm-hmm. We can we can, we can can get into the nuts and bolts. TBS and TNT are bigger stations. Oh, absolutely. No, they, I mean... More houses. Love them or hate them, AEW being on a national cable channel for four years, consistently putting out product, is a win. Like, I'll, I'll give the devils their due. It's a win in that aspect. So, like I said, you know, we call it down the middle, so there's going to be things we don't agree with. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm going to give them their due as far as, like, it is important because of what it stands for. Mm-hmm. And if there's continued success. We now know <laughs> from the major announcement, we went a little above and beyond last week. The major announcement was that AEW Collision is a thing. Yep. Looks an awful lot like the Nitro logo. Yeah. Uh, just enough different that WWE probably can't sue them. Mm-hmm. Because they own that logo and right. Right. So, and I'm not trying to be whatever, it's true. Just look at it. You can't tell me that it's not. I've shown it to multiple fans and they all say the same thing. And it's fine. Whatever. I get it. It is what it is. It is what it is. I'm not even mad about it. Mm -hmm. So you have that. We didn't get any news that that meant a deal across the board or the five years that we were hearing or the billion dollars. None of that. Last time I heard Collision was a $53 million property. Mm Mm-hmm. Hopefully, hopefully they lump something in. And the only thing we heard on the uh, from the ups, you know, on uh, the streaming platform was that AEW All Access will be on Max. Correct. Because they're making the change, by the way. In the next couple of weeks, you'll notice that your HBO Max will be going to Max. That's mm-hmm. the new name. You have to re-sign in. And nothing all that is, does. yeah, nothing is changing per se, but mm-hmm. that's the new name. Max. <laughs> so that's but so once again i'm not shitting on AEW. i'm not shitting on tony khan i just wish that that announcement was something bigger and better like maybe that'll come if i'm tony khan i'm working day and night because i would love as a victory for AEW. not my wallet not my thoughts not because i'm not going to pay 50 dollars. because let's be honest we're paying 50 dollars this week even though i'm going to talk about it a little bit how i feel about that mm-hmm I would love it as a win for AEW and their growth and going forward. If that by all in from Wembley Stadium, where they've moved at least pretty damn close to 70,000 tickets. I haven't heard it's gone over 70,000. Last I heard it was like 68,000 plus. So, but we're just going to say 70,000 so far. Sure. Which is, I don't want to hear the naysayers out there. That's a big bucket of win. It's a big bucket of win. The fact they got over 30 is a big bucket of win. Yeah, no, you're, Did, you're absolutely right. 70,000? That's a huge like, win. Like right around the 70,000 number? That's a huge win. I don't give a fuck what you're saying out there in the, in the world. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you're talking about if you don't think 70,000 tickets is a huge win. Exactly. That's a, that's a WrestleMania number. Mm-hmm. You know, you can argue that, oh, WrestleMania did it for two days. Well, it doesn't matter. WWE's been around for 50 years. A company that's been around for four years is going to go to the UK for the very first time. Yep, complete new market. In Wembley Stadium and do at least 70,000. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. 
Now, mind you, if your conspiracy theories, we'll find out when it goes live. But we can only go by the real information we're getting, not the conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. So whether Tony Khan bought tickets or whatever, whatever, the true time will tell if the stadium is full or not. And it doesn't matter. I just don't believe he did because that's stupid. Mm-hmm. I believe that they have sold right around 70,000 tickets so far. I don't know how much higher they're going to go. It's be higher than I expected. I said that they're going to do fifty to 60,000. It was a big bucket of win. They've already sold more than I expected. So that's fucking amazing. Yeah, no, they have a lot to be celebrating about. And that's what they should be focusing on with that. But if I'm Tony Khan, I'm working day and night to make the best product I can because I want All In to be on max. Mm-hmm. I want to hit the streaming service with the biggest show we've ever done. And then people will be like, well, then you're going to lose $50 buy rates. Okay. Their buy rates in the States are between 150,000. Their biggest was ever was 225,000. The biggest ever. Their average is about 150,000. That isn't a ton of money. It's some money, but it's not a ton of money. Could you imagine what it would do? Because the following week would be all out. Allegedly. Allegedly. Because we, the only person that said anything about that is MAGA. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was in a, an interview. I don't know if they've changed anything. So if they're doing all in and all out that close, are you really going to sell two fifty dollars pay-per-views? For me, I'd say no. All in would be on max if I could make the deal happen and all out would be a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it would be a smart business move because especially at this stage, and I know we talked about it a little bit last week, you were at the precipice about finally breaking through and growing that business. And this Wembley show is the is the apex right now. This is your WrestleMania. You need to have the best show possible. You need to get in front of as many eyes as you can. And if that means taking it to streaming, take the L quote unquote in some aspect with the pay-per-view money and shift it there. Cause you'll get more eyes on your product. Ready for this? I don't even think it's an L. No, it's, it's not an L. That's why I threw quotations. If you're, if you're running both shows, mm-hmm. if, if what we've heard, the rumor is true. Cause it's a rumor speculation. I mean, it did come from MAGA, yeah. who is the head of legal for AEW. Mm-hmm. However, it's only been mentioned once, never been mentioned by Tony. Right. So if it is true and All Out is happening Memorial Day weekend, or Labor, no, sorry, Labor, Labor Day, Day weekend, I always mix them up. I know Memorial Day is coming up this weekend. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a little Freudian slip again. I mean, mm-hmm. just like I've been saying WWF all day. So anyways, Labor Day weekend is coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say this. If you did All In, which is a bonus show from Wembley, you showcase the fact that you have 70,000 plus people in attendance, you put on a hell of a show, and you put it and you can convince uh, WBD to put it on Max and maybe start some kind of streaming deal with you in between, you're going to get more eyes on that show, more eyes on that product. That's going to equal more advertising dollar because even the advertisers who aren't, you're going to, first of all, just because of the ticket sales, you're going to get more international advertisers. That is the big win for AEW. They're going to get more advertisers in UK, Europe, Asia, because they've done a number in an international market. That Mm -hmm. is just how that works. However, if you put it on max and there's more eyeballs in the States on it, you're going to get domestic here in the States advertisers going, Hey, what is this company that has a shit ton of people in the audience for? Because even if the show is shit, outside wrestling fans aren't going to know that. I'm not saying the show is going to be, but I'm just saying, let's say the worst case scenario, they fucking throw a turd of a show mm-hmm. in Wembley. It won't matter because the crowd is still going to be into it. Yeah. So therefore, the advertisers don't know what good wrestling is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they're going to, I don't think they're going to have a shitty show. Right. I'm just saying the worst case scenario could happen, but as long as it's full, yeah, it's not going to matter. They're going to get advertising money internationally guaranteed. Just off of the ticket sales, and they're already starting to see that. And they're going to get domestic money off of that if they can get it on max. And I'm going to argue this. 
Their highest was ever was 225, mm-hmm. 225,000, I should say, for buy rate. Could you imagine you give all in out for free the next week and on that show you're building to all out as well? So you have the special attraction matches for all in and then you turn around and you're also building to the following week. It's smart moves. Guess what? I guarantee they're going to do 300, 400K. Mm-hmm. Between 300 and 400K, easy in pay-per-view sales. So you're going to make up for it. Yeah. So if that show would have only done 150 and the other show would have only done 150, I'm just saying by averages, you're still going to get that 300K. Mm-hmm. But you might earn some new fans who might not be willing to pay a pay-per-view price, but we're willing to watch it for free on Max. Yeah. It's a win-win. It's more eyes on the product. That is some more of the business stuff that's got to get flushed out. But if I'm Tony Khan and company, that is where I'm pushing forward to. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yes. Just saying. Let's dive into double or nothing, shall we? By the way, nine confirmed matches. So okay. they did step up their game in the last week. Okay. Uh, so, of course, that is going down Sunday, 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 May 28th from the T-Mobile Arena in Paradise, Nevada. Don't be fooled by that. It's Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm-hmm. We just had this whole conversation about how technically it's in paradise. Fuck that. Yeah. It is 110% Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm-hmm. Anyways, Adam Cole, baby. Hey, we going on I one against the GOAT, Chris Jericho? Or is he going to be the pain maker, I'm assuming, for this one, in an unsanctioned match? Yeah, he's got to be the pain maker. Uh, I think you have to bring the pain maker for unsanctioned. You have to. But Adam Cole's you know, road to r- taking the AEW championship starts here. And I think that he gets the big win over Jericho. I wouldn't be surprised as well. In a six-man tag team extravaganza, the team of All Ego, Ethan Page, and the Guns, Austin Gunn and Colton Gunn, will take on the Hardy Party, Isaiah Cassidy and Jeff and Matt Hardy, the Hardy Boys. And if the Hardy Party wins, Matt Hardy will own Ethan Page's contract. Can we get the fuck away from this? I have no interest in this match. It's nothing against the competitors involved. I think the Guns deserve better. And I, I, I'm just sorry. At this day and age... We've already seen Matt Hardy versus Ethan Page reasons for so long now. Give them both something else to do. Like, I, I don't care what. Just give them something else to do. I'm, I'm just going to say for reason's sake, the Hardys win, but I honestly don't care. I'm going to say this. There is no reason that right now we're not having to talk. We're not talking about a double or nothing FTR defending the tag titles against the guns. Agreed. The guns earned that. Before before they were champions, I was like, why the hell are they champions? Mm-hmm. They earned a lot of respect, and especially in the match where they lost those belts. Oh, absolutely. I would have liked to see that match ran back. I've already said how I would have done it because you had plenty of time. They could have licked their wounds for a couple weeks, then jumped FTR and said, hey, listen, we didn't take you guys seriously. We still don't respect you. You're not any better than we thought you were. Mm-hmm. We just didn't take you serious enough. So we want, our, we want a rematch for those belts if you have the balls. And we're going to beat the living piss out of you. And maybe done a gimmick match. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying they had to win. No, but I'm but... just saying they earned that currency as far as I'm concerned. And the tag title match we're getting is thrown together. Let's be honest. We'll get to that when we talk about it. But I, so I, I think this is a waste of the guns. All ego Ethan Page. I, I'm sorry, man. I'm a big Ethan Page fan. Love Ethan. I feel but... like I feel like his entire AEW run has been kind of a big disappointment mm-hmm. because they kind of treated him like a big deal to then not treat him like a big deal. Hell, one of his storylines was even how you know him and Scorpio Sky were getting bypassed for everybody. Yeah, when they were doing the thing with Dan Lambert and yeah. uh, Men of the Year and all that. And now. that took off, and that led to nothing. That didn't lead to it. That should have been a tag team title reign for Men of the Year. Mm-hmm. That should have at least led to something, but it led to nothing. Scorpio Sky, former TNT champion. Yeah. 
you know, it's it just sad that, that this is what's happening. And then on the other side of things, listen, the Hardy boy, like I can't complain the Hardy boys are in this match because they're just an attraction. They're, they're for nostalgia purposes, right. nothing against the Hardy boys, but come on, let's say they pay, they've overpaid their dues. They've been in the business a long time. Isaiah Cassidy, I get, you know, they're just trying to keep him fresh in there. His partner's injured. Yeah. Therefore, we don't get private party. I get it. So like on that side, I understand why there's a three way with them, but this whole contract thing needs to stop. I thought the firm shit was dead. I'm just tired of this, like Hardy and the contracts. Even Matt Hardy on Twitter even was like, I have been wrestling Ethan Page for eight months. I think it has to stop. Yeah. I mean, that's a telling sign. I'm sorry. Like, there's a point where you just, you reach that moment and you're like, why? And that's the that's the problem with this match, especially on your marquee pay-per-view or one of them. This shouldn't even be happening. Like, you should give the guns something else and you should give the Hardys something else. And... I, yeah, I mean, the only thing, honestly... At best, this should be pre-show fodder. Yeah, best pre-show fodder, and the only thing I care about this match is if the guns are coming out to 50 Cent. Great entrance. Do that entrance. That's all I care. Next up, a match that got made on AEW Rampage, and I'm sure nobody watched it, so therefore, they didn't know about it probably till now. For the AEW TBS Championship, your champion, the undefeated Jade Gargle, goes one-on-one with Taya Valkyrie. This match would be more interesting if the fact that uh, Taya didn't already lose to Jade happened and was already a thing. I, you know, I get it. Taya Valkyrie defending it on the internet saying how, oh, you know, it's not over between us. And I don't know. We've been telling this story for like three months. Yeah, but you, you have, but you haven't. You've been, you've been intertwined with each other, but we had one match that you lost in a, in a, not a questionable way, definitively. Mm -hmm. Why should you get another shot at the TBS title and at the pay-per-view? And on the meantime, Jade Cargill's been on TV a handful of times since her last title defense. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. All of her matches are title defenses, but she's been finding it on AEW Rampage against people you know she's not going to lose to. It doesn't make any sense. I think the only thing, one of two things is going to happen here. So I'll pitch what I think is going to happen and then what I hope happens. What I think is going to happen is they're going to have her hold on to this TBS title to at least all in. And I think that this is just going to be a moment to show like a, a, an extension of the feud, but nobody cares because we already had the match. Ty lost. Jade should move on to something else. What I'm hoping happens is Taya is taken out for storyline purposes. She can't do the match. We did see on Dynamite a certain somebody come back and go into Tony Khan's office. So why not have it be Jade Cargo versus Thunder Rosa if she's ready to go? Granted, that would be a good idea, and that's why it won't happen. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think we're going to get the Taya Valkyrie match, and I'm not upset about it. I love I'm Taya not, yeah, Valkyrie. I'm, not I'm mad, a big but... we are a Loka fan, but I really think that if you don't have Taya Valkyrie win here, then what the fuck is the purpose? Exactly. Of the match? So if she doesn't win and Jake Cargill wins once again, which is probably going to happen, then why did we even do this match? That means it was sloppy booking, and you didn't want to book something because you could have booked anybody in the spot. Mm-hmm. You could have gotten over a Sky Blue. I understand that she got a shot back in the day, but you could have had her on a uh, on a winning streak, and then Sky Blue gets a shot against Jade Cargill at the pay per view. You could have had, you know, there's there's a ton of young women's talent that you have on your roster. You know, I just was using Sky Blue as an yeah. example, but throw in any of them. I was going to say, what's what's Chris Statlander up to? 
I think she's still out injured. Last okay. I know. But even even just saying, you know, I know that a lot of people online are like, oh, she's held until Statlander. Well, is, don't you think we're past that date? She's been out for nine months injured. Yeah. Nine months. Nothing against her. Hope she comes back soon. She's a great wrestler. Mm-hmm. But this is her second major injury since she's been in All Elite Wrestling. Yeah. Is that exactly who needs to uh, Once again, inconvenient truth. Call me whatever you want. But it's the inconvenient truth. Mm-hmm. What if you do strap the rocket ship to her? She is the person that conquers Jade at an all-in or something. And then she gets injured again. Yeah. Or what if she gets injured while winning the belt? Because it can happen. Mm-hmm. Then we're back at square fucking one. Yeah. When you signed this big acquisition of Taya Valkyrie, made a big deal about it mm-hmm. to begin with, and then it's just petered off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just facts. And if you don't agree with it, that's fine. But I don't understand how you couldn't with facts. No, I mean, that's a, that's the problem here. Like, I love seeing Taya wrestle. I think she's amazing. But we've already seen this match. And there really is not a great story behind this to see it ran back. I'm sorry. If you were going to do, like, the match, and if you were this was the plan the whole time, mm-hmm. which it could have been. But if you were going to do it, that means the match between the two of them should have ended with some fuckery. Yeah. And by that, I mean... Taya Valkyrie got disqualified. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like Jade was going to do something like hit her with a chair or hit her with a belt. Taya gets the belt. The referee turns around just in time to see Taya clap Jade with the belt. She gets disqualified. So then Jade still wins. She's still yeah. undefeated, but she got disqualified. But then again, you know, they don't like doing DQ finishes. But sometimes a no non-finish is what they call them for some reason. That's what Tony Khan does, non-finishes. Yeah. Well, that's how you build stories sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like if used right, that would have been a perfect place because then Jay could say, hey, I beat you. I'm not fighting you again. And then you could have had over the last couple months, Taya Valkyrie keep beating people until the point came where she had to be in a number one contenders match against somebody and then won that match. And then Jade is forced to fight her at the pay-per-view. Now we have a story. Yeah. Now we have a story. Instead, you had her win. Yeah, there was a little nefarious a little bit, but there was still a one, two, three at the end of the mm-hmm. day. So she won. There's no reason. And then since then, I don't remember seeing a lot of tie-in matches since then. No, because she was quote-unquote suspended. Right. So therefore, where does that go? Why is this a thing? She gets, gets to come back out and say, oh, I'm bound for suspension, so now I get to fight you again. Yeah. Like, like that doesn't make sense. And that also, well, you know, maybe the diehards are, are, are clamoring for it. In that ways. But once again, people like us who are looking into being entertained and then the casual fan is going to go, well, then why does this make sense? Yeah. Taya lost to Jade. There's been no build. Once again, if you could turn back the hands of time and mm-hmm. have like what I said, there's a million ways you could have done it, count out, whatever, whatever. But they'll say the DQ one because that's the strongest finish. And that's also a way you could have had her suspended for a couple weeks. And then Taya comes back and Jade says, hey, listen, no, no, no. I beat you. Yeah. I beat you. I don't have to beat you again. I beat you. Oh, but it was by DQ? That doesn't matter. W went to me. Mm-hmm. So you don't get that. You got to earn that. And then you, over the couple months, every week, on Rampage or Dynamite or wherever, Taya fights an indifferent competitor. And then finally, Tony Khan goes, hey, hey, or whoever you want to make say it, hey, she's won a lot of matches. If you can win this next match, you get the shot mm-hmm. at double or nothing. And Jade tries to throw wrenches into it, and Taya still gets the win, making her look strong. And then we set it back up. That would have made sense. Yeah. This doesn't. This just is like, okay, we need... Basically, what I feel like this is, and I and, and I mean this with all due respect, this was, oh, man, TBS title's got to be on the line at double or nothing. Oh, shit. We didn't think about that. Uh, who? Uh, you know what? Taya Valkyrie, go. Yeah. That's what it feels like. There's a bunch of these matches on this card that feel that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. They, we didn't have them on the card? Uh, let's go. We'll talk about it again, but... I, 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 for some reason, I think Jade Cargill's going to win. 
If I'm booking the show and you have Jade win, please, for the love of God, build a competitor. Here's an idea. Tony Storm loses to Jamie Hayter. Mm-hmm. Tony Storm needs an opponent for the UK. Tony Storm, because I, I think that the smart money would be Soraya versus Jamie Hayter in the UK. Yeah. You want to book Wembley? I like that matchup. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. So Tony Storm's not busy. Tony Storm versus Jade Cargill in the UK. Yep. Tony Storm can become TBS champion. She's a former world champion. Makes a lot of sense. Good points. I'm just saying, even if you don't want to make her champion still, I think that's a good match. Mm-hmm. Just throwing it out there. Feel free to steal that one. Let's talk about that because I just mentioned it. AEW Women's World Championship on the line. Your champion and one of my favorite women's wrestlers out there, although I don't think she gets the respect she deserves. Jamie Hayter taking on former AEW Women's Champion Tony Storm. Uh, you know, I wish this match was put together better. Yeah, I do too. And the reason I say that, I love Tony Storm. Mm-hmm. I love Jamie Hayter. Their last match was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. We went on record saying it was the best women's match in the history of AEW. Agreed. And I still believe that. Mm-hmm. And there was other great matches. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Rosa versus Britt comes to mind. Yep. However, I think that they had the best wrestling match between two women in AEW history. Nothing away from anybody else. Mm-hmm. Why did we not get a better build to this? First of all, we've had the outcasts who are supposed to be basically the female NWO, for lack of better term. Right. Right? Am, am I getting that right? No, you're right. And they've given them the Dark Order treatment where they just lose all the time. Or even if they win, they get ran off by one person. Yeah. Britt Baker clears house. Sheeta clears house. Jamie hasn't really been there to clear house. The only person that doesn't look strong at the out- against the outcast is the AEW Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. Because she keeps getting saved by Sheeta or Britt Baker. Yeah. Interesting, right? Okay. Let's let that decide. Why is it that this past Wednesday is finally when Tony Storm his choice? By the way, how does Tony get the challenge for the title? Reasons. You know, I yeah. get it. I, I like the match because I, I I run that fucker back all the time. Mm-hmm. But you got to give me a reason. Not just, hey, you know, you beat me for that belt and I haven't had a rematch. Cool, but that was months ago. Yeah. There's been title defenses in between there. <laughs> you know, if you were going by, there's there's been pay-per-views. There's another pay-per-view between the last time they fought. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, everything is just thrown together for the same. And the outcasts have ate some pins, brother. Mm-hmm. Ate some fucking pins. Yeah. Like, the outcasts are not on top. They're not even equal footing. Mm-hmm. The outcast faction is, like, five steps below, you know, the faction, if you will, of Jamie Hayter, Sheeta, and Britt Baker. They're the Dark Order. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like she can be like, hey, listen, we've been, you know, you, you know you're ducking me, but, I, you know, hey. We, I injured you, which I, she didn't. Mm-hmm. That would be Soraya. If you go by storylines, it was Soraya who threw her in the fucking steps. Right. If I'm not mistaken. Not I'm pretty sure right. it was. Mm-hmm. Which is a great reason to set up Soraya versus Jamie Hayter for England. Another, another point. Mm-hmm. However, and you guys have been losing. Oh, well, you know, they, they have some wins on uh, some secondary shows. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. That's not perception is reality. And the perception we see is that we see the outcast getting beat week after week after week. And once again, I'm not complaining about this match. I think this match is going to be a banger. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of the better matches of the night. I'm just complaining about how it was booked so half-assed. Your thoughts? I'm saying and still, by the way, Jamie Hayter. <sighs> and still, but I agree with you. I mean, I think they've completely messed up the Outcast debut. The fact that they are literally on different levels than the Britt Baker faction is just telling about how much 
time was invested in building them up. And I'm sorry. Like, I, I think all three competitors that are in the Outcast are great. I'm a big Ruby Soho fan. But I think how this was all put together just is not connecting on where this is still a compelling storyline. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just not invested. I think the match is going to be great and Hater retains. But other than that, I'm sorry. Like, I just think the build has not been there, especially when the Outcasts keep running away each week. I'm sorry. Like, they need to do more stuff backstage taking people out or establish themselves as a dominant force of, of AEW. But they're not doing it. And I'm sorry. If, you, if you're saying that you're doing it with the, the green spray paint, I'm, it's just not working. Let's move on. And this next match, I'm blaming solely on you. Solely on you. I evidence. told you. If you go back to last week's episode of 607 TWS, Ken M, as we were saying, hey, they still haven't built a lot of shit for this pay-per-view. Uh, it's it's not, not looking good. It's not good. It's not good for business. Ken M said, you know, we were speculating that, hey, the titles have to be on the line. Orange Cassidy has to fight. Orange Cassidy, in our opinion, is the most decorated champion in AEW. Mm-hmm. He has defended it more than any other title uh, against all comers and is the most entertaining. I'm going to throw that out there. And he's held the belt for a while. Yes. While defending it. So you and I quote, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, but mm-hmm. you and I quote said, well, they're either going to throw together an opponent for him so there'll be no story build, or he's going to fight everybody. Yep. Well, ladies and gentlemen, at uh, Double or Nothing, Orange Cassidy will be defending the AEW International International Championship in a 21-man blackjack battle royal. I knew it. The only na- the only names announced so far are Aaron Solo, Powerhouse Hobbs, and QT Marshall. 17 to be determined, <laughs> and of course Orange Cassidy. So I blame you for this. Would you like to say something for yourself? AEW, you're welcome. You know how to find me. I don't know if you're welcome. This is not this is not what I want to see. No, but we He's we, been a fighting champion and he's had some of the best matches on television. Oh, I agree with you. But the fact they didn't give him a storyline, this is how I I've seen it play out because it, it like I say, him and Wes Lee's storylines as champions mirror each other a little bit. And Cassidy has been the fighting champion since he's gotten the belt, even d- taking the belt to independent promotions. So it made the most sense that they were going to do a casino battle royal because they love doing a casino battle royal in Vegas. They love it. Just the question is, who's going to be the Joker? Because it's either going to be one of two people. Miro, because of reasons. Or they're going to bring in somebody for the setup for Forbidden Door, which I would love. And I know people from AEW listen to the show. Make it be Zack Sabre Jr. And give the fans, more importantly, give Orange what he wants. Give that match at the pay-per-view. Fair enough. I think it's just going to be a bunch of jobbers because <laughs> this it, who announced it, it, and Orange Cassidy's going to win, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with and still. That's what I'm going to say because – I think that there's too much brain power that goes into being like, okay, we could set up for something. Yeah. I do fear it could be Miro and Miro just wins the belt because reasons. Exactly. Yeah. However, I just, I don't know. And meanwhile, on Wednesday night, we got uh, Orange Cassidy against uh, Kyle Fletcher mm-hmm. of Aussie Open. Yeah. Why wasn't that just the match? I agree. Like, it just, it how they're booking it now, it's like they've almost made him unbeatable so to speak but like the matches he's put on has been some of the best matches in AEW and the fact that he goes through I'll fight anybody like it doesn't matter like what the stipulation is he goes in there and fights even when his hand was quote-unquote hurt for reasons and then that lasted for a couple weeks he's still gone out there and been the most compelling character on your show so the fact that you don't have him in a more high profile match is a little 
weird to me, but I understand why. And I was just saying they're going like, okay, well, they, they're going to do that Casino Battle Royal. This is where we're going to plug and play them. The only question is, are you going to bring in somebody as the Joker spot? And then are well, they going to do? Win? They're not doing Casino Battle Royal. From what it says, is blackjack battle royal. So I don't know if it's the same rules. I don't know if we're going to get groupings of people or if we're just going to get all 21 men in the ring and go, let's go. See, I'm going to go on the, the sense it's going to be casino style. Because if it was casino style, they, wouldn't they just call it a casino battle royal? Well, I'm sure they want to throw people off. No. and Because that's the only thing. Like They might want to just emphasize the 21. But like I think by the time well, it's all, all casino battle royals were 21. Right. But that's the whole thing. Like Just to emphasize that and maybe throw some people off because... Really, who are you going to bring in at this stage as a big free agent like they've done in the past? No, you can't. I don't think there's anybody. You could just bring in somebody a book for Forbidden Door, which Zack Sabre Jr. would be smart if that's the case. I don't know if that's going to happen. I mean, the smarter thing that you could have done is because you're having Kyle Fletcher go against him. How about if we would have started this a month and a month and a half ago build and had Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy at the mm-hmm. pay-per-view and in between have him fight different members of the United Empire, which gets New Japan guys on your TV. Yep. Most of the United Empire guys, with the exception of Osprey and Aussie Open, are Americans. Mm-hmm. So, you know, their, their residence is in the States. Oh, sorry. I forgot. Uh, the, there's uh, there's one one other that's not. But still, yeah. you know, you have you have TJP could have fought him. You have, uh, of course, Jeff Cobb. Mm-hmm. You have both members of Aussie Open, which I know they're from Australia. But it doesn't matter. You're bringing fucking Kyle Fletcher in to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, they have they they've had options to build this up. So it just depends on how they want to set this up. I do agree. Oh, bring over Great O'Con. Yeah, like you could have done something to build a forbidden door because guess what? That's coming next. And you probably want to start planting some seeds for it instead of just throwing it together and hope it sticks. Well, we we most likely, let's be honest, speculating, we're most likely going to get Osprey versus Omega at Forbidden Door, mm-hmm. right? So this is a good way to bring in the United Empire. So people are like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, hey, let's get excited for it because they're obviously going to have other spots on the show for United Empire. I would assume. I would assume too. But And then at the end of the day, you go after he wins, then you start the beat between him and Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. Because TMDK and versus the best friends. Mm-hmm. It writes itself. It, it does. So like, you could build it with TMDK versus best friends. I mean, the only thing that would be completely out of left field would be CM Punk. I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, it's not going to happen. But I, like I said, that's the ultimate leap right there. But I think they're wasting their time with what they're doing here. So Cassidy has to retain. Otherwise, you build up for Forbidden Door. And like I'm telling you right now, give him Zack Sabre Jr. It works. Next up, ladder match for the AWTNT Championship. Your champion, Warlow, versus, with Arn Anderson, sorry, takes on Christian Cage with Luchasaurus in his corner. I'm still trying to figure out the pieces. Of we looked like we were building Luchasaurus who made a return mm-hmm. versus Wardlow Battle of the Monsters. I'm in. Yep. And somehow we got baited and switched into Christian Cage. <laughs> Where to begin? Um, we. <laughs> <laughs> You're speechless. Uh, yeah, because I mean the whole point of Wardlow losing the belt to Powerhouse Hobbs when he did was to finally get him into a program versus MJF, where the storyline has been there all along that you could have had a real contender built up for that world title, done something there. Now you're plugging and playing Christian Cage in, which I'm sorry, the run has not gone over as well as people like to think it has. Sure, he's cutting these complete heel promos, which are great, but at the end of the day, I don't see him walking out with this. I think Wardlow's going to squash everybody in this. And then where do we go from here? 
I'm going to save my Wardlow stuff for MJF till the main event because I got a real compelling thing to, to say about that. But I will say this. They did not, teasing it, they did not go with the obvious that they should have gone with. Mm-hmm. Instead, they now have Christian Cage versus Wardlow. We should have done Wardlow versus Luchasaurus. Agreed. There wouldn't have needed been a need for the latter. Mm-hmm. Now, the latter match does not make me want to watch this anymore. Nope. I think this is just going to be Wardlow easy win. Mm-hmm. And God knows what they're doing after that. Sorry. Just, it is what it is. I agree. Next up, tag team match. For the AEW World Tag Team Championships with Mark Briscoe as a special guest referee, your champions, the FTR, Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, taking on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. And oh God, oh God. Remember when AEW started? Mm-hmm. We're going to focus on tag team <laughs> wrestling. And remember when they said that, oh, here, tag team wrestling can main event. And we're going to have teams. And we're not just going to throw people together. Yeah, that's gone out the window. Yeah, it's gone. Meanwhile... In the meantime, and I get it, some people will say thrown together, but I mean, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn have been a tag team for a long time if you do your homework. Mm-hmm. And they made a vented night of WrestleMania. Yep. And here we are, double or nothing. And instead of going with a draw like, you know, FTR versus the Young Bucks, or instead of going with the, the draw and the rematch of FTR versus the Guns after the Guns earned a lot of respect, or instead of giving any other tag team a shot, somehow we end up with Jeff Jarrett, because he's a front office guy, Mm-hmm. Where does that sound familiar? Where's mm-hmm. CM Punk when you need him? Mm-hmm. And Jay Lethal. And we have Mark Briscoe as a special referee. And we got all this bullshit in between for just a match that should have been solid between two people. Let's throw it out there. This was a mistake to happen. The build fucking sucked. And it, would, it should have been the Guns versus FTR. Or if you really wanted to make an impact, FTR versus the Young Bucks. Because those are your two major marquee matches. But nope. Instead. Or, you know what? Pull the trigger. And I, I'm assuming this is going to happen at Forbidden Door. Could be wrong. Mm, Aussie open. open versus the FTR. So FTR is going on to Forbidden Door because I'm assuming it's going to be Aussie Open versus FTR, which was a banger of a match. It was my tag team match of the year last year mm-hmm. because it was phenomenal. Now you're going to get in an AEW ring, and I'm fine with that. And for that to happen, you have to have FTR with those belts because Aussie Open has the NJPW Heavyweight Tag Team Championships and the NJPW Strong Tag Team Championships. Mm-hmm. So they've gone to the belt collector realm. So I think FTR still has to be champion. So I don't think Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal have a shot in hell. It's going to be an FTR win. And it is what it is. It's just, it's just a filler on the card that they could have planned out better. And they could have done so much more with. Once again, you want to set up for, bit, for Forbidden Door? I understand you're going to do Aussie Open at for, Forbidden Door. But why couldn't we do maybe TMDK versus... FTR. Why couldn't we, you know, there's a million things you could have done to promote better and not jumble this together in a piss poor storyline. Your thoughts, by the way, FTR is my pick. All right. Where do I even begin? How many times has Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal tagged up? I mean, I think the only time is what Ric Flair's last match. Well, as far as high profile, they've done some tagging in AEW tactics. Okay. Some, but they're, they did have the high profile match. Where it was Ric Flair and Andrade versus Lethal and Jarrett. And that was thrown together. Yeah. You have a very talented tag team roster that, at least perception is reality once again, you have certain teams at the top and then there's a distinct drop-off. Because if you're not building up storylines to get every tag team 
at least considered as a contender, that you have to throw a makeshift team in there, that's a problem. This whole build has been a problem because it makes no sense. And there's nothing to it that makes me want to watch this match. I'm sorry. I could care less. I, if you gave me FTR versus the Acclaimed, I would have been more excited. Good, better match. If you gave me FTR versus the Guns rematch, I'd been more excited. Hell, that was the that was the money match. That was the match they should have done. Hell, I would have been all right if it was FTR versus the Hardys, just to say, hey, we did it. We were the legend killers, whatever you wanted to find as you could, you could do a storyline that way. How about this? Why not? Why not? Since we're going to be establishing, right, this match, of, so I'm assuming at Forbidden Door. Now, mm-hmm. they can drop the ball on this, too. This is a fumble if they do it. Because I'm, I'm assuming Aussie Open versus FTR. Why didn't we do, hey, here's an idea. FTR versus uh, the Lucha Bros. Yeah. All titles on the line. So then FTR becomes Ring of Honor tag champs again. Because mm-hmm. who cares? Yeah. And then you have... Double champ versus double champ at Forbidden Door. It would have made so much sense. And it would have been a better match. A way better match. But I'm sorry. Nobody is invested about this build. Nobody is. Like, have you talked to any fans that's like, I'm really excited about this match? No. Okay. I mean, I've talked to fans, but nobody's excited. I've asked people about what they're excited about this match, and like nobody's talking about the tag match. Everybody's just really puzzled about why we're having this. So that's the way I'm going in with this. So I'm going to say FTR wins because Mark Briscoe helps him. And then Mark Briscoe is going to have a feud against Jay Lethal and and the Jared faction, which is great. Okay. But for your marquee pay-per-view, I'm sorry. Like, this is something you should have been building up on TV and ended on Rampage. Next match, Anarchy in the Arena. Blackpool Combat Club. Brian Anderson, John Moxie, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta. By the way, Claudio is the Ring of Honor World Champion. Wheeler Yuta is the pure champion. Mm -hmm. In case we forgot. Taking on the Elite. The, the Elite. Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, and of course, Hangman, Adam Page. Now, I know that you were upset about Hangman coming back this past weekend. Yeah. I, I wasn't. I think that they could have done it differently. I think that he should have came out in the save and not come out and just gotten the weapon and cleared the ring. Mm-hmm. I think that the three of them should have charged the ring, and then he could have came to the ring, made the save, and then we could have gotten the hug with him and Omega, because yeah. that's been the real him and Omega, him and Nick, him, all, all of them hugging. The rah-rah, you know, hand that over, then Hangman cuts a promo, which was good. Uh, I don't I don't think that that was as – I don't think the crowd was into it as much. And, I mean, we've proven the fact that a hug can do wonders. Look at Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. They milked it, milked it, milked it, got there. We could have done that here too. And I think that it would have been really good, especially since Tony Khan loves hugs so much, you would feel like that would be up his alley. Mm-hmm. But it, other than that, I understand bringing Hangman Page back because you have – 10 days as of that night to promote this pay-per-view. Yeah. We kind of knew where they were going. Right. Uh, but that's why the Don Callis turn was puzzling because we still got no answers. I'm mm-hmm. assuming he's with Blackpool Combat Club and we'll find that out at the pay-per-view. So why not just do the fucking change at the pay-per-view? Why not? Here's the better story off the top of my head. Mind you, they've done a good job of setting up the Elite versus Blackpool Combat Club from the aspect that we knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. So therefore, that's that's at least a storyline built. It hasn't been terrible. It's puzzling with the screwdriver, but still, screwdriver, you know, one-eyed fucking hangman page, it takes out uh, Takeshita, you know, like, it. fine, whatever, we'll go with it. Mm. The, the promos might have been annoying for Brian Danielson just keep yelling, amateur. Yeah. Might have been annoying, but once again, at least there's a build, right? Mm-hmm. Listen, hear me out. The way that this shit should have gone down is that in the cage match, 
Kenny Omega should have beat John Moxley mm-hmm. because that that charts. Yep. No turn by Don Callis. This past week, they were getting beat down. Don Callis is out there like frazzled. I don't know what to do. And Hangman Page makes the save. And then he gives the hug and the elites back together. And Don Callis clearly on camera is upset mm-hmm. because for whatever reason, he doesn't like Hangman Page. Right. It's never really came out. But remember, he's the one that's been setting Kenny against Hangman Page since the beginning of that feud. Mm-hmm. Since they lost the tag titles. Remember, it was Don Callis in the ear against Hangman Page. Right. So that, once again, makes sense. So then this upcoming week, Don Callis looks like he's rah-rah for the team as we get a great babyface elite fucking promo going in the pay-per-view. And at the pay-per-view, in Anarchy in the Arena, that's where you have him turn on Omega. He hits Omega. Blackpool Combat Club wins because Omega gets turned on by Don Callis. And Don Callis reveals, A, I hate your guts, Hangman, as he's getting beat down. Mm -hmm. You know, know, going that old school, I hate your fucking guts. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and then you can go and align him with the Blackpool Combat Club. He can give us the reason why he hates Hangman Page, you know, or the jealousy of Kenny Omega, whatever it is. And we build from there. But instead, we rushed the the turn from Don Callis. We didn't, we, you know, like I said, the return of Hangman wasn't bad, but it could have been better. And now we're in the situation we're in where, is it going to be a decent match? Should be. It's a fight, right? But what do you do in this match? What's the angle? Where's the uh, where's the where's the beef in the old uh, Wendy's commercials? Yeah. Where is it? Where is the the sustenance, sustenance of this match? Where is it? Because now who's going to turn on who? What's going to happen? I'm just saying, unless you have Kenny Omega turn on the elite, but then it makes no sense. It makes no sense. But uh, for picks and for picks and picks sake. Probably going to be Blackpool Combat Club. They'll probably do some Don Callis interferes bullshit to align him with Blackpool Combat Club. And then we're going to you go back to going, going, wow, Rich pitched a way better fucking idea of how this would have happened. And it would have made more sense than what we got. But I bet you that's what's going to happen. So that's my pick. Turning it over to you for your thoughts. Oh, no. The Elite's going to win. Because <laughs> you don't pin the VPs. You don't pin, <laughs> yep, you don't pin the VPs on a pay-per-view like that. And Don Callis is going to help him win because they're going to do a double swerve because of reasons. They're going to mess this up somehow. I'm sorry. I How they've done the turn for Don Callis and how they did Hangman's return, I just, they've misstepped every time. I'm sorry. I really want to see this work, but it's not going to happen. And I'm sorry, Callis, that's probably what he whispered in Hangman or um, Kenny's ear. He told him, like, just trust the plan. And he was going to, like, lure them in and, and set them up, and he's going to do something. So there's the big hug at the end and all that jazz, which I'm going to get so angry seeing because that's what I feel is going to happen. You're going to have 40 minutes of them running around the arena beating the absolute crap out of each other for no fucking reason, and then they're going to go back in there and, like, Callis is going to hit somebody with a nut shot because that's how this is going to end, and Hangman's going to hit the buckshot lariat on Moxley because of reasons. Get the pin. Everybody rejoices. Everybody's doing the sing along and everybody goes home happy. Like that's literally what's going to happen. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, hope yeah. I'm wrong. I oh, really yeah. do. Because the only thing that's going to be redeeming is if team if Taz co- comes in and takes over the Blackpool Combat Clubs. Say, "Nope, we're team Taz. We're going to redo this whole thing and fix it." Eh, I don't know. I don't know if there's any fixing it. Now, there is no fixing it, but I'm just like, what is like seriously, like you're the callous thing I'm just, I'm, I'm already calling the double swerve because of reasons. There you go. There you go. Well, now that brings us to the main event of the evening, or presumably. For the AEW World Championship four-way match, your champion, MJF, defending against Sammy Guevara, 
Jungle Boy Jack Perry, and Darby Allen. And what is the four pillars match pretty much? So I okay. If there's anybody out there super excited for this, I'm assuming that you're a huge AEW fan. I'm assuming. Because the pulse from most fans who are not AEW haters, mm-hmm. who are like me and Ken, who watch the product every week, mm-hmm. who pay for the pay-per-views, who who keep our fingers on the pulse of it because we want to see them do good. And by the way, I know we've talked down on some of these. A lot of these matches are going to be good in-ring because that's what AEW does. In-ring will be good fine. in-ring matches. Yeah. It's just the stories that get you there don't make any sense if there's a story at all. So this one has had the full-on fucking build. This has had pretty much the three-month shebanger mm-hmm. and, since the last pay-per-view. Yeah. And it has been the most lackluster build. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Watching Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy Jack Perry, and Darby Allen cut promos that are longer than they should be on a weekly basis has been like watching flies fuck. Mm-hmm. It has been terrible. And to then to hear, and then there's people defending this, to hear Jack Perry go, well, I know I'm bad on the mic, but I really care about that. I care more about my in-ring performance. And it's like, well, good for you, kid. But part of the job <laughs> yeah. is to at least convey something. Now, mind you, it's not all his fault. It should have been shorter segments. Mm-hmm. Instead of giving him 10, 15 minutes to talk about the same shit every week, yeah. they should have cut it down to about two minutes, if that. And it would have been better. Like him jumping MJF dressed as the band member was better storytelling than him getting on the mic and saying, well, I should be champion because I was one of the first people signed here and I've worked really hard for it. Yeah. Everybody has. Are you fucking joking me, guy? And if these are the pillars that you're going to build your company around. Whew. None of them, except for MJF, look like a world champion. I'm sorry. I, I'm going to get it. Oh, because they're smaller? No, no, no. Because they don't carry themselves like world champions. You're telling me on the eyeball test that any of these guys look like they should be the number one guy in a company? With the exception of MJF, obviously, who is your champion. There's a reason MJF is phoning this in. He knows he's winning, and he knows that he didn't have to put in the work he has to put in against these guys. They gave him a vacation, mm-hmm. and he took full advantage of it. And that, my friends, is part of the reason why his title run has been lackluster. That's right, and that's not just for me. There's people with all elite in their names on the internet who keep talking about uh-huh. if it's lackluster. There's questions going around the internet right now. Is is MJF as good as we all thought he was, or did we just get bamboozled? Because I've seen that coming up from people who normally defend AEW. Here's what I'm going to tell you. He is as good as we thought he was. The Brian Danielson match, the John Moxley match, mm-hmm. the Jericho matches, the CM Punk matches, all the great matches that he's had prove that he can get it done in the ring. Am I wrong? No, you're right. Him and Ricky Starks on Dynamite. Proof he can get it done in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. We know that he's second fill to almost no one in the promo skills. The only promo better than him in AEW is if CM Punk returns. In AEW. Yeah. The only promos better than him in all of wrestling are probably Paul Heyman, The Miz, Mm -hmm. and Seth Rollins when he's on. Yeah, when Seth is on point. If you let Seth go too far in the weeds, though. Yeah. Yeah. He's even he's a better promo even than Roman, who Roman's a great promo. Mm -hmm. But he's a better promo than Roman. He doesn't do the small things that Roman does. Yeah. Like the facial features and the in the in the body acting that Roman does. He doesn't do those things yet, but he's still young, and I don't expect him to be at the level of Roman Reigns. Sure. However, I think he's a better promo. But the, this past three month build has been he's on cruise control. He's out there singing with a band. He's out there fucking like cutting half ass promos, and you can tell. 
because he's not interested. He knows he's going over. He knows he ain't losing. I don't know if he knows where he's going or not. But here's where they dropped the biggest ball of all. There was a way more logical story they could have told for the last three months. And it all goes back to double or nothing last year. If I'm correct, what happened the night before double or nothing last year? Uh, I believe MJF was supposed to do a meet and greet and did not show up. Yeah, and then allegedly bought a plane ticket out of Nevada to Mm -hmm. go back to New York. He was going to no-show the show. Allegedly, he contacted Cody Rhodes. Cody told him it was a bad deal. Go to your booking. He went. They jobbed him out to Wardlow. Yep. What was, was like 11 power bombs, and then they put the, the fucking oxygen mask on upside down yep. on a, and then carted him on his stretcher, right? Yep. And then he was gone from TV until All Out, where he came back where he came back briefly to grab the chip, mm-hmm. and then at the end of the night revealed that it was MJF. The devil came out to symphony with the devil, if you remember yep. correctly. We got the devil. He's there all along. Mm-hmm. You know, we even got the voice message that may or may not have been a shoot voice message from Tony Khan begging him to come back. Yep. So anyways, that's what happened. So what is what is the logical thing? Wardlow. Mm-hmm. The match everybody wants to see. So Wardlow drops the title, Powerhouse Hobbs. Yep. MJF should have came out, cut a promo about how, hey, best wrestler in the world. I beat Brian Danielson in an hour match that you guys said, hour plus match even. And you guys said I had zero shot. Mm-hmm. Here I am, still with the triple B, still the champion, still the face. I'm the best wrestler in the world. Nobody can touch me. Wardlow interrupts, gets cut off instantly. <laughs> Listen, big man, you couldn't even beat Powerhouse Hobbs. What makes you think you deserve to be in the same ring as me? And Wardlow proceeds to go, you know, that's right. But the last time I was in the same ring as you, you got carried out in a stretcher and I beat you in under three minutes. Mm-hmm. Well, there are situations. It doesn't matter. That's what happened. So now, and I understand people are going to go, I don't think that there should have been a trials of Wardlow. No, God, no. But that's when you go, nope, I'm not going to fight you. Similar to what I said earlier about Jay Cargill. Oh, I'm not going to fight you. Mm-hmm. I don't have to fight you. You just lost. And then you have Wardlow just go on a winning streak. And as he wins more, kind of like what happened with Brian Danielson to an extent, only they were more trials-esque. As he wins more, you keep showing how MJF's getting nervous. Mm-hmm. And it's getting as it's getting closer. And if you really had the hard on for your four pillars, he beats all of them. Yeah. Wardlow, that is. And as it gets closer and closer, these aren't being sent by MJF. MJF is like, he keeps winning. They're going to get it. So then you have the number one contendership match, four-way dance, whatever. Mm-hmm. And Wardlow wins. He's number one contender. Now we know he has to fight MJF. And you could have you could have done that a month out and spent the last month of MJF trying to pay, pay people to take out Powerhouse Hobbs, you know, pay Powerhouse Hobbs and QT Marshall to take him out. Hey, you beat him before, take him out. Mm-hmm. Oh, pay fucking Big Bill, take him out. Pay whoever, take him out. Yeah. You know, take out Wardlow. If you can take Wardlow out, I'll give you money. I'll give you the title shot. Yeah. I'll give you his title shot. Mm-hmm. But you got to take him out. You could have spent the last month just having, you know, Wardlow beating the piss out of people, looking like a fucking monster machine, going into double or nothing. And then people would have been talking about it. Wardlow versus MJF for the world title is on top. Mm-hmm. MJF wins the match at the end of the day, but it's a better build. It's a better match. And people are excited because there's a story connected to it. And it brings back, they love that realism, right? Yep. It brings back one of the realest things that ever happened. Outside of Brawl Out. Yeah. MJF no-showing and possibly people not knowing if he was going to show up to the pay-per-view or not is the is is the other is the second biggest black eye in the company. Mm-hmm. So we play a storyline off of that. 
Hell, there's people inside that locker room that we know are very vocal about it, including a couple of people in the match, in shoot interviews, who have said that that's why they don't like Max. Yeah. is because what he did. He didn't do business. Mm -hmm. He's a selfish prick. Same thing CM Punk said about him. (laughs) You know, in a nutshell. So I'm just throwing it out there. Better things. But once again, it doesn't matter. Four-way match. MJF walks out your champion. They'll do. It'll be good in the ring because the, those three guys, even though watching them talk is like fly as fuck, they can wrestle. Uh, Darby Allen will do something crazy. Mm-hmm. Sammy's, Sammy Guevara will try to outdo Darby Allen and do something crazy. Hopefully neither of them gets injured. And at the end of the day, I think Jungle Boy Jack Perry takes the fucking pin. Or he taps out to the salt of the earth, the armbar, the Fujiwara armbar. Either way, I think Jack Perry, for whatever reason, is going to eat this pin or submission. And the other two guys are probably going to take themselves out doing something crazy. Your thoughts? Okay. (laughs) First and foremost, this should have been Wardlow's time. You can't tell me otherwise. The run of MJF has been extremely lackluster, in my opinion. He can put on great matches, but as we've seen from this entire build to this match, it's been on cruise control. We're going through the motions. You have given the beginning of your shows on Wednesday night promo time for the three other pillars who are not exactly great on the microphone. Like, can they go in the ring? Absolutely. Jack Perry is can wrestle with the best of them. Darby Allen is this generation's Jeff Hardy with the daredevil acts he does. Sammy Guevara can pull off great matches in the ring. Like, he does a lot of crazy bumps, which is his own deal. But, hey, like, he can still go in the ring. I've been following him since he was in Wrestle Circus, so I, I know what he can do. But if you're trying to say that this is your marquee matchup, this is what you're telling the casual fan at home, hey, we want you to check out our big show because this is the main event. It's not lighting the world on fire. There is no buzz behind it. And it really seems like everybody's just happy to be here. Because honestly, there is nothing about this match that is that is building that excitement that you think any of the other three can win. I'm sorry. The promos that Jack Perry has cut have not been great. He's not very solid on the microphone to make it compelling enough for me to believe he's going to do this. In fact, in my opinion, I think he needs to get rid of the jungle boy persona, cut his hair and come back as a different gimmick. You know, almost like in a, a wrestling shooter style, you know, like uh Dean Malenko esque, you know, just be the guy that comes in the matches wins technically and, and goes from there. Darby is Darby. And we've seen Darby with the TNT title. And sure. He's that underdog that you want to see win. But really, do you feel that he's the underdog here when he's amongst equals? I don't. I'm sorry. Like He'll do some great stuff in the ring. He's going to take some wild bump. I'm sure a ladder is going to get involved because of reasons. Somebody's probably going to go jump off the top rope through the Darby on a table. Probably is going to be Sammy doing a 450. Once again, reasons. They're going to do something wild to take themselves out of the show. And then, I mean, for Sammy, since we're bringing him up, yeah. he. I, I think that they're trying to test the waters of him being a baby face to be honest with you which I don't know how this goes over because it just seems like they decided to try this a week ago maybe two and I don't think the fans are necessarily behind this because it's so forced it doesn't connect and I think you just see MJF just sitting there going like this is the best you have for me 
Okay. And he's going in first gear. He's not even putting the foot directly on the gas. He's going in there. I can cut a promo in my sleep. Like, what he should be doing is trying to get the most out of these guys because I think that they should say, like, he's the benchmark. He is your champion. He is the face of your company. Whether you love him or you hate him, MJF is there. You got to step your game up to match him if you want to be considered a main eventer. And I'm sorry, like, the build here is not happening. And when you get in the match, yeah, is it going to be a solid match? Sure. I'm not saying these guys can't wrestle, but there's no compelling storyline behind this. The only thing that's going to be noteworthy is one, Tony tries going for a shock value and gives the belt to Sammy because I'm saying that that could happen. Reasons. I'm just going to put it out there. If Sammy Guevara wins the world title, I will not be shocked. But I think that this is ultimately going to be MJF wins. It could be a short match, to be honest with you. Not saying a squash, but it could be a shorter match than people think because somebody will come out from the back. It could be CM Punk to swerve everybody. Almost do like a reverse uh, uh, promo that MJF did when he came out as the devil, you know, in the whole thing. You could see something like that happen with Punk where the music hits, cult of personality comes on, and Punk just walks out and just does like the slow clap looking at MJF. And that's how they end the show. That's literally the only thing that's going to be compelling about this. Because I'm sorry, there is no great build for this. And I don't think any of the fans, other than the ones that really try portraying that they are the super fans of AEW, are excited about this match. I'm sorry. This is not a great match for your main event of your arguably biggest pay-per-view of the year. Yeah, I agree with you. I completely agree with you there. Uh, There's a lot of things that they did, in my opinion... Mm-hmm. They're kind of like, yeah, I just, I just don't understand. And this build has been, in my opinion, super lackluster. And they had three months yeah. to build us compelling stories. Exactly. And I guarantee this is nine matches. Tony Khan loves the number 13. I, I, he did get away from it a little bit last time. I think it was like 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're adding some more matches. I fully anticipate them adding like Britt Baker and Sheeta versus Soraya and Ruby Riot because why not? Mm-hmm. I don't think that it makes anything exciting. Uh, if they were going to do another women's match, you know, if if Thunder Rosa is clear to wrestle, yeah. not just tied into Collision, this would be a good time to go Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker because All Access made people remember all of that shit. Mm-hmm. Or you go and then you could even set up a little thing like we said. We're anticipating Soraya versus um, Jamie Hater. Jamie Hater at in, in All In mm-hmm. in England. So then you could even do, because of this late, latest comments from Soraya, you do Soraya versus fucking Thunder Rosa to build to that. Like mm-hmm. in the first month or so, and to make it make sense that Soraya is getting a shot. Yeah. You know, because there's all this drama going on. Mm-hmm. But that, that, you know, that could be smart if you're booking and throwing shit at the wall last minute, which is going to happen. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've heard rumors that we're going to get Swerve versus Keith Lee. And my problem with that is that'd been cool, like... Right after they broke up. Yeah, exactly. But they've been apart for long enough now that it's like, is there any interest in it? They've done one tag match against each other. Yeah. Like, I don't know if there's an interest in it. Like, I don't know how you uh, you sell that old story anymore. I just don't, I don't understand it. I'm assuming House of Black will get a trios match. Yeah, they should. Because I think all belts should be defended. So, I mean, I guarantee at least that match. Mm-hmm. And that should be good. I mean, I wish there was a story to be had. <laughs> 
but we're not getting it anywhere else. So who gives a shit? Let's give me a good six man, I guess. I'm not sure who they're going to face, but go ahead. I was going to say, what's Pac's status? I don't know. Nobody has seen him since the last time, <laughs> since they lost the Bell State Elite. Yeah. The Elite put him on vacation, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe, maybe you maybe, do that. Maybe you see them against maybe Death you Triangle. Set up, hey, maybe you set up another thing for fucking Forbidden Door. But that would be, and I hate to say it this way, because people are going to be like, oh, you guys spent all this time shitting on AEW. No, no, no. 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 You guys praise WWE in the second segment. No, no, no. There's a difference. WWE has built a card mm-hmm. that we can talk about and logically go, oh, okay. I, I know why this WWE World Heavyweight title match is happening. Mm-hmm. We need a belt, and they pick the best two wrestlers possible, and we're going to get a new champion, probably Seth Rollins. Okay, I get that. I get why they swerved us, and instead of having you, the universal title on the line, fuck that. Swerve us. If now, because of things that happen politically out of our, you know, whatever, and and goodwill, we're going to get Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in Saudi Arabia for the first time, why not make it a big match against Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa? Mm-hmm. Why not do that gimmick? Yeah. And have the Usos, as you pointed out last week, interfere and possibly cause a match in more fucking friction. Yeah. Right? You know, they have been built, you know, Bianca Belair and Asuka is a WrestleMania rematch. Mm-hmm. They just did a spot last week. So it makes sense to have them in the match. Trish and uh, and uh, Becky Lynch has been built very well. <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. It's a little clunky how we got to where we got, but, sure, jeal- but- jealousy is the answer. Yeah. So we have the answer to the story. And for it to continue on, I think Trish needs to win. Probably will. Mm-hmm. So, and Gunther versus Mustafa Ali, I get it. Mustafa Ali has been treated like a jobber. But you know what? He always gets a profile in Saudi Arabia because he's Saudi. Mm-hmm. It's just good booking. Yeah. And you need somebody to go against Gunther. Mm-hmm. And if the if the hometown guy can pull off the victory, that's great. But if he can't, we didn't expect him to anyways. Either way, he showcased there. He's a great wrestler. It's going to be a good match. Watch. Mark my words. Oh, absolutely. But it's not It's not me going, oh, how did we get here? How did we get here? And that's what most of the card for AEW was. How did we get here? You know, why are we doing this four pillars match when it doesn't seem like the temp in the room is for the four pillars match? I could be wrong, but look at it. Look at it. Yeah, there, that's the whole thing about it. There is no buzz behind this. And I and I and I'm asking somebody, please explain to me where the moment was that you sat here and heard this match and said, "This is my main event. I love this match, and this is why." Oh man, like I need somebody to explain this because a lot of this just seems, in my opinion, like this is just throw it against the wall and hope it sticks. I'm sorry, like this is just not any kind of build. And yeah, are we critical? Yes, because we are actually paying customers. We're buying the pay-per-view. Yes. Buying. Yes. $50. Yes. Here's the other thing that's questioning. Once again, we're not, you know, we're fans. You know, we're commentators on the sport, Mm -hmm. but we're fans as well. And we know we don't care as much about the ratings and about the numbers, but you use them to gauge the room when we're breaking down analysis. Mm -hmm. They are coming off some of their lowest ratings. And no matter how you sell it, it was just put out. And I don't care about the dirt sheet guys, but we'll give Raj credit here because Raj came out and said, hey, if you look at their numbers year over year, they're down big Mm -hmm. year over year coming this year. Yeah. And, you know, the excuse has now been, oh, well, the NBA finals and the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, the Stanley Cup playoffs and the NBA finals were last year, too. Yeah. They're every year. They're every year. (laughs) This is nothing new. So they're down compared to last year in the same time. Mm-hmm. For the same playoffs version. And part of it, CM Punk 
Sure. Because he was a big name. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people just watching for Punk. And that's the one thing that without Punk has been affected. The broad effect is real. A few thousand, a few hundred thousand people no longer watch AEW. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of how it is. Or I should say it this way. A couple hundred thousand people don't watch AEW, period, anymore. And then there's about another hundred thousand that dip their toe in once in a while. Yeah. Is what we've pretty much figured out from the numbers. Now, mind you, once again, the rating numbers aren't the end all be all. We've said that a million times, mm-hmm. but when you're gauging a room, you can see that the CM Punk effect is real. And the other part of it is even though those people are dipping their toe in and you'll occasionally see it go up, they watch the show and go, what the fuck is this? And tune it out. Yeah. Because there's no cohesiveness. If you go back to why we're talking about, like for the fast few weeks, coming into a pay-per-view, AEW made its way back on the list to go, why are we doing this when there's a pay-per-view three weeks away, two weeks away? Now literally a week away. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this? Why are we keep talking about this? Why isn't there a build? Why doesn't this make sense? And the reason that the ratings are down, even compared to the other things and people are complaining on the internet for one of the first times in the history of AEW, you are seeing more people who are diehard AEW fans, com- you know, not, I shouldn't say complain, but they're pointing out the stuff and they're getting attacked by their own kind. Yeah. Because they're saying, well, I don't get this. I don't want to see MJF in this Pillars match. I'd rather see MJF against a real competitor. Well, how dare you say that? Mm-hmm. Well, how dare they? Because they haven't shown us why these guys are important. You tell us they're Pillars, but what have they fucking done? Exactly. What have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. So what, Sammy Guevara is still living off of a, fucking di- uh, of a fucking diamond cutter off of a ladder on Cody Rhodes? Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. And Darby like- Allen, we know, is going to do some crazy shit. And Jack Perry spent... Six months getting his shit kicked in by Christian Cage, who was injured and wasn't even wrestling. Yeah. Like, there, there's just been no <laughs> solid build for you to believe that these three can actually take the belt. So, like I said, unless they go for a shock value and Sammy wins. Because, like I said, if uh, percentage-wise, there's a 25% oh chance. Oh, boy. I'll tell you what. You're going to see rioting in the streets from a lot of the All Elite fans. They will not like it. I will probably, not, not even me. I'll sit back and watch Rome burn because that's what I do. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I was the one that was sitting back watching Rome burn when fucking Roman Reigns beat Cody Rhodes. Yeah. I was like, I'm just, I'm here for the, fu- I'm here for this. I'm I'm that gif of Michael Jackson eating fucking popcorn. That's yeah. me in real life. You can ask him. Mm-hmm. True. And then it came through. Like I said on the show, it made sense. It made sense. It might not make sense to you now, but you'll see where we go. Well, they ruined Cody Rhodes. Really? They ruined him so much. The house shows are selling out that Cody Rhodes are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> they ruined him so much that the Brock Lesnar Cody Rhodes feud is fucking top tier. Yeah. They, uh, man, they ruined him though. They, they, Ken, they fucking ruined him. Cody Rhodes got a pop um, pretty much equal to Carlito mm-hmm. <laughs> and fucking Savio Vega in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And Bad Bunny. He got one of the big pops up there with those guys. They might have gotten it slightly louder, but he got he was one up, up with there. there. He was up there. And the crowd was mostly booing Lesnar, even though they gave him respect after the match. Mm-hmm. So the crowd respected Lesnar. They liked Brock Lesnar. But because they were caught up in the story, they cheered for Cody Rhodes. Yep. That's all that's important. In this match, the fans are cheering for MJF. What fan have you seen? Even though he's the heel, and we should hate him. And he's good at being a heel. Mm-hmm. The crowd is solid. When you know when those when those lackluster promos are coming on, as soon as his music hits, the crowd's like, "Thank God!" Yeah. Woo! MJF is here. MJF is here to save us. 
Yeah. That's really what's going on, folks. So they're not doing anything to benefit the guys in this match. Going back, FTR versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal? Why? It's obvious. Go with the fucking guns. We had a story going. Mm -hmm. We could build off that story. You crashed that story together because FTR came back. They did the thing they did when they re-signed. And then we crashed that story together. Let's let it breathe a little more. I think fans would have been more than happy to see the Guns versus FTR in a rematch of this. Well, more than over Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Mm -hmm. Let's go. And that's the problem with this whole card. The logical things. MJF versus Wardlow would have gone over better because it would have had a three-month build. And it would have been built off some real-life shit that happened a year ago. Perfect. Yeah. And then if if CM Punk is coming back, you build MJF for a match at Forbidden Door. And then Punk comes back and we build MJF versus Punk again. If that's the plan. It might not be, but that's a solid plan. You could have gone Wardlow into whatever match MJF is going to have against whatever New Japan guy, maybe Tetsuo Naito, whoever. I'm assuming they're going to pick a top tier guy that can get take a pin. He ain't going against Okada. Okada ain't getting pinned. <laughs> you know what would be interesting? Because you know he's made comments he doesn't watch uh, New Japan. Right. I wonder if he skips the show. That would probably that's probably going to be what happens, but he shouldn't. Yeah, he they shouldn't. Should no, he advantage. shouldn't. I agree, he shouldn't. But they I'm just take, saying they should take advantage and put him against a top tier guy. Yeah, obviously one that will get pinned. Yeah, you know. So a Naito comes to mind. Tanahashi. Yeah, I was going to say Tanahashi. I think is even. You know what I mean? You know, it's not going to be Okada. Yeah, unless they convince Okada. Now, mind you, if they convince Okada to take a pin to MJF, then sure, fuck it, let's go. Good match. Help crown him. Mm-hmm. And then that same week, right before, literally right before Forbidden Door, is the first episode of Collision, which allegedly is on the limb, but we all heard Chicago, United mm-hmm. Center, unless they change that, unless they cancel the booking of the building. Yeah. And that's a, that's telling. That means CM Punk ain't coming back. Mm-hmm. Although maybe that's for the swerve purposes, but then why book a fucking building to cancel it? It makes no sense. Like I, There's so much that doesn't make sense. There's just so much uncertainty that just... Going into this pay-per-view and especially taking a look at the competition in the room this weekend, not even WWE alone, but we talked about Impact, we talked about GCW, there's other shows going on right now that you are sitting there with your marquee pay-per-view, one of it. I mean, one of the most historic ones in your company, let's be honest. Double or Nothing has has rivaled All In, All Out, whatever you want to define it as. The fact that this is just thrown together, and that is my opinion, and this is the perception I see. A lot of this is just like video game booking because there's no rhyme or reason to it. There's nothing here to wrestling fans who support the shows, regardless of the fact, to make that convincing argument to spend the money on the show. I'm sorry. Like, there's nothing here that is really making me go, man, I need to get this show. Am I going to do it because I'm a fan of pro wrestling? Yes. But. I'm just saying for casual fans, I'm very curious at what the numbers are going to be for this. So my latest numbers that I have for the live crowd for all in or not all in, sorry, double or nothing mm-hmm. uh, is it's set up for 9,872 people mm-hmm. and they have about 3000 tickets available. That is what they haven't. That's not, that's what they haven't sell, sold from Ticketmaster. Right. That's not counting secondary market. Mm-hmm. That is just, from Ticketmaster to the point that it, this is legit, and uh, if you're in the Vegas area and you want to get a good deal, uh, they are selling tickets with the passcode rewards. Okay, so if you go to Ticketmaster and you use the passcode rewards, this is not bullshit. This is legit. You can buy four tickets to double uh, to double or nothing for forty dollars. 
So yeah, use passcode rewards to get access to a four tickets for $40 offer for either Dynamite or Double or Nothing. So du- Dynamite too. So Dynamite this upcoming Wednesday. If you are in the Vegas area, rewards, $40 for four tickets. If you are in, if you're going to be there for fucking Sunday for uh, Double or Nothing, four for 40 tickets. That is coming from WrestleTix and we have the uh, email ourselves. So yes, passcode rewards. Also, you can buy tickets for AEW Fan Fest if you want to as well. There's no sale on there for the 40, though. <laughs> the sale is only for tickets for Dynamite or Double or Nothing. By the way, it's Dynamite and Rampage taping. There you go. That is according to WrestleTix and also my email <laughs> and a bunch of other things going on because I'm part of, you know, the All Elite Fleet. So that got passed out. That's. <sighs> and I've not even looked at the resale market. I don't even care. But that's what I'm saying. If you were building to something that people wanted to see, we wouldn't have problems selling tickets to a show. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. And once again, I hate the fact that somebody will think that I hate AEW. I just want them to do better. There's no reason they can't put 10,000 asses in the T-Mobile arena for a pay-per-view. Their biggest or second biggest pay-per-view of the year, depending upon if you think All Out is bigger or not. I don't know which one's the biggest one. Yeah. But it's a feel. This is either SummerSlam or WrestleMania. And All Out is either SummerSlam or whatever, however you want to look at it. They're Mm -hmm. two top pay-per-views. Could you imagine... Not being able to put 10,000 people in a building for WrestleMania. Could you imagine not being able to put 10,000 people in an arena for SummerSlam? Meanwhile, you're, you've, by the way, the official tickets from WrestleCount is 64,000 plus for All In. Still, big bucket of win. It's a bucket big of win. Big bucket of win. So, but, you, but you see the difference. Yeah. They're just excited you're coming there. And you've sold 64,000 without mentioning a fucking match. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the States, where you go to, by the way, maybe you should start changing venues for Double or Nothing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's time to get out of Vegas, huh? Maybe Vegas gets too many shows from you guys. And the reason I say that is you're putting a pay-per-view on and they weren't filling the stadium yeah. or the arena. So maybe it's time to go somewhere else and maybe they'll fill the arena. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That could be the answer too. But I think well, part of the reason is if you were putting on a show that everybody wanted to see, you would fill the arena. Yeah. And you're not currently. We're not even talking about the fact I don't even I didn't even look at the dynamite numbers, but if they're offering the same ticket thing for four for forty, ticket prices are higher than that. Like I think, like uh, usually for AEW, I think even a cheap seat ticket is like twenty five bucks. So four for forty, that's ten dollars a ticket. Yeah, that is desperate shit. That is right next to giving them away. Man. By the way, if you can take advantage of that, do that. Also, if you're in the Vegas area and it gets the day of the show, uh, that's when they start to freak out about the secondary market. Uh, last year's all, uh, all, all uh, me and Ken have joked about going to Chicago mm-hmm. and for all, uh, all out one of the years because last year you could get two dollar tickets. Yeah, on StubHub. So after the after the inconvenience cards, twenty bucks to go see all out because they got all they get all nervous and herky jerky the day of the show hmm. when they don't move the tickets that they buy. It is what it is. Uh, yes, I was going to say more, but we've already talked enough. We, I think we deep dive into this pay-per-view. I hope I get to come on this show. Listen, this is what I, this, this is the takeaway I want. I hope I get to come on this show next week, Ken, and say, man, that was a hell of a pay-per-view. Yeah, same here. That was wonderful. I'm glad that I paid $50. I'm glad that we watched it. I still don't like the build to it, but man, they delivered in the ring. Mm-hmm. That is what I'm hoping for. Unfortunately, I think that I'm going to say that about some of the matches, and then some of the matches I'm going to go, Damn. I got bamboozled out of fifty dollars. I that's my fear, but I'm hoping and I'm praying I get to come in here just like we did for backlash and go, 
wow, what a wrestling show. Mm -hmm. Man, you thought that Night of Champions was great. Man, fucking double or nothing blew it out the water. I hope I get to say that. I just don't think I'm going to because the build, you're working against a lackluster build. Yeah. So you've already, you've, you're already behind there. So you have to go above and beyond. And the matches have to end in a good way. And the, the story of the match has to be told. It can't just be Crash TV. And I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's just got to be. Prove me wrong, AEW. I, I want to see a good show. So prove me wrong. I, I'd love to come out here and eat my words next week. So ball is in your court. You know what to do. Put on a great show and prove me wrong. Because otherwise, from what, what it is right now, I'm not sold on it, and trust me, we'll have we call it right down the middle. So trust me, we will say some things next week. I'll tell you, I'll take it a step further. There's a possibility. I don't know what Ken's schedule's looking like, but we'll talk about it off air. There's a possibility that we say one of those deals where we fucking record the show before AEW, and then we just record the AEW thing right after we watch it. And you might get that reaction. You might, you might not, depending upon how schedules are looking. Mm. You might or might not get that. And that's usually the truest form of a show. Yeah. So you might get that because we've done it in the past where we've literally recorded all the things that we had to record prior to watching All Out mm -hmm. or whatever AEW pay-per-view. Watch the pay-per-view that Sunday night and come in and just – and then the show comes out. You get our genuine feelings right after. So you might get that. Maybe in the future if there's enough people interested, maybe we'll go back to streaming some shit. It's all about the balls in everybody else's court. We'll get there one day. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I just – I don't know. I, I'm, I'm always optimistic about wrestling, and I hope that I'm wrong. And I hope that the it was just a lackluster build and a great show. Yeah. And that it goes on from there. But whew, flying too close to the sun sometimes. It's a lot. That's all I'm saying. It's a lot. Yeah. All right, Ken, tell the folks how to find you in the ODPH podcast. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. ODPHpodcast.com. Trying to find me in the 3FN podcast. It's easy. 3FNpodcast.com. With that, we'll be back next week to talk. Whew, big week. We'll be reviewing uh, Impact Wrestling Under Siege. We'll be reviewing GCW Lifestyle. We'll be reviewing the WWE Night of Champions. We'll be reviewing NXT Battleground. And last but certainly not least, we'll be reviewing AEW Double or Nothing. We'll be talking about some of the fallout that happens right after the event. Uh, all of those great events. And on top of all of that, Ken. On top of all that, we'll probably be previewing some awesome indie shows coming the following weekend to fight plus and elsewhere. Until then, wrestling fans, for myself and for Ken M, we say take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, later wrestling fans! Dancing along with the band, will you sing with all?
Connect from the top ropes One, two, three 